0: Hello friends, my name is Steve and we're here today for the Friday conversation right before Christmas. So thank all of you for for coming along. Uh, Mihir, do you want to start us off with some introductions?
1: Sure. Uh, my name is Mihir Wanchu. I'm part of Fantasy Book Critic. Uh, I review books over there and I interview authors and I'm happy to be over here with Steve, Chris and AJ.
2: Yes, and Chris? Cool, my name's Chris Moen. sometimes BookTuber, I think it's my 52 days or something since the last video, so maybe I'll just have to get rid of that moniker or something. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, getting ready for Christmas. I've, I've, I've just had this thing of, do I get changed out of pyjamas at all, all day? Like, is there any need when you're in the house? <laughs> Not where I am.
3: And yeah. AJ? Hi, I'm AJ Retker, uh, I'm the author of Oathbreaker and Season of Kings, and also like an amateur BookTuber. Uh, I usually have authors on the channel and I usually talk shop with them and go on rants that have nothing to do with books for hours (laughs) long. But I mean, that's that's why we do it. It's the best kind.
0: Mm -hmm. So how has that experience been for you, AJ, to be on the other side (laughs) On the other (laughs) side? It's really hard. I don't know
3: how you do it, Steve. Like, ask questions, because I just keep recycling the same questions. Like, man, this is probably, like, anyone tunes into more than one episode, like, man, this guy's so un- uncreative. His books are probably terrible. He just uses the same ten questions over and
2: over again. My, AJ, like, people watch, make tag videos till the cows come home, which are the same five questions for 20, 30 people. So it's it's definitely a thing <laughs> that people don't mind the, the same questions, because it turns out a lot of these questions are quite interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: what about you Mihir? here how do you come up with your questions you have you have some really you always have really great questions
1: uh I well I I I, I kind of cheat a little bit because uh on my blog the, the, the blog blog owner you know used to have like had a set of questions which he kind of you know used to switch around so I kind of tweak some of my questions from over there like the basic ones and then for the others I like I have to read the book so then I'll base a lot of my questions on the books and you know try to like capture the question like uh try to get the author to talk about the world or uh you know something if they've done something special about the characters and stuff like that but that kind of limits me then I have to make sure that I have read the book I cannot just like bring somebody on or like interview them without having read the book so there's there's that dichotomy as well like you know you I mean, if you like, um, and I think in set questions, because I know some like PL does that, like, you know, those six questions things which he does. That is pretty cool, too, because I think that, that way you can invite people on. And if you have read the book, great. But if you haven't, it's still okay. So cool. mm-hmm. there's pluses and minuses to both sides. I and mean, I'm sure viewers don't mind it if they get to see the favorite author or, you know, hear the favorite author's question, answer, sorry.
2: Mm-hmm. It almost seems like you're quite well prepared, Steve. Do you actually have a <laughs> list of questions when you're doing? um
0: i it depends i have like a like a um kind of a generic like list that kind of questions come in and out and then i'll add on a few at the end um yeah you know just to try to but usually it's the ones that you do it's the questions that you don't prepare that are the best ones because it's just kind of spur the moment so you aj may have the same same set of questions but those questions lead to other questions so Mm -hmm. it's a good way to kind of uh just kind of get the conversation going yeah sure
2: I watched uh, AJ stream with John. I think last week was it? was it? last week? I don't know. Time has lost all meaning for me at the moment. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> it, was, it was an accident to as well. But it's very low key, chill, which is kind of. I think when at the time of the night when these guys are all streaming your side of the world, it's just perfect for me at that time. And I don't think too high energy. I'm like this, this. This is not good. This is like injecting coffee into my veins when I really should be kind of going the other direction. You know. <laughs>
0: Well, you were up pretty late last night
2: uh <laughs> last? yeah but it was such a good interview that uh and travis is very chilled as well but, uh, yeah. but it, one of those yeah, the initial idea is to kind of have it on start watching it fall asleep catch up with it but then sometimes the interviews are so good that you just kind mm-hmm. of get to the end and you're like well that was awesome which was the case last night for sure mm-hmm. what did you make... watch
1: last night? sorry no yeah what was that sorry about here what did you watch last night? Sorry, I didn't hear that properly.
2: Oh, sorry. There was a page tune episode with Travis Baldry with the PL, oh. uh, Taylor, and Steve. And oh, I missed finished, that. Yeah, I finished about half three my time in the morning. Uh, wow. Wow. But uh, like I say, I'm in this dilemma whether to get out of the pajamas or not. So it kind of all fits my lifestyle at the moment. I'm, I'm good with it. <laughs>
0: yeah. He makes uh, narrating books sound so easy, just the way he talks about oh, it. Just uh, yeah. Cool just flies through them but
2: well, fascinating to hear his process about how you know he goes through and does it's is, he uses like the features of microsoft word and stuff to kind of break it down to kind of search for terms accents uh as, as like a first run through and like a, his process it was i thought it was so fascinating no. kind of how you oh. would kind of internalize or make that make that a process rather than kind of go right and read the book start of and then kind of sit down and try and pick it apart at that stage you no know, there's a bit more uh uh, a bit more of a process when it comes to that stage. So That's mm. cool.
0: Yeah. It's, it's narration sounds like it's uh, a lot involved in it.
1: Yeah. It's not it... as easy as it seems, I think.
2: Yeah. For sure.
0: Yeah. He, and he has a nice little booth there going on too. So
2: that helps yes. having a soundproof room. Yeah. Let's see. He sounds good.
1: (laughs) He sounds real good. Have you all heard his? uh, I'm forgetting the name of the books, but in one of, uh, he's narrated these books, where he has like a bloodthirsty axe called Frank. Have you all heard of that book? Which Mm -hmm. I'm trying to remember which one it is. Like I, I recently bought book one. It's a it's a series. I think three books are out or something. But it's it's a lit RPG story. Obviously, right. Uh, It's 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 like the character of course you know gets lost in this world and he has us he maybe he acquires an axe or he finds his axe and the axe name is frank and it's bloodthirsty and of course it's telling the main character to do all the horrible stuff and he doesn't want to do it and and travis is the one who's narrating it and it's it's really funny i've I've only heard book one it is hilarious Mm. the way he he like he just encapsulates frank as this maniac axe who's just raring to go at all times
3: yeah, that uh, that reminds me, like something similar just came out for like the PC gamers in the group or whatever. Like uh, everyone here, like the game of High on Life. It's uh, oh, I've heard of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's by like the people who did Rick and Morty. And basically, the guy has a gun who like talks to him as like Morty's voice, and then there's a knife that's like like same thing as Frank is in that axe in that book. It's like kill, 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 but it's in Rick's voice from Rick and Morty. And it's just like it's a, it's a hilarious. Uh, I've seen clips of it. I'm like, oh man, this is a fun game. I've almost bought a gaming PC just for that game because I really want to try it out.
0: <laughs> and uh, Drew's here. Hey Drew. Uh, happy hey, Drew. Friday and holidays. And Aaron is here too. Hey Aaron. Hey. Aaron. Hope, hope you're both doing great. Hope the weather's not too bad wherever you are.
2: For sure.
3: Can't be as bad as AJ's weather. So. No. Oh, minus oh 40 Celsius and
2: Fahrenheit sucks. Oh. Yeah, I, Here's a question, AJ, because we had, I think, one Christmas, but I was thinking about eight years ago where it went to minus 20 Celsius, right? Mm-hmm. And see, at a certain point, once it gets past like minus two, minus 20 doesn't actually feel in the moment any different to me. Anyway, well, I remember going out in the minus 20s and minus 25s and going, this is the... Just really effing cold. Is that similar thing, or is it like because there was no real wind chill coming off as well? It was just like that temperature, you know, yeah. you mean, without, with that chill. If it's just cold, it's it's
3: fine. But like, like it, there's a running joke in my province, like, oh, if I had a dollar every time, it said like, if it wasn't for this effing wind, you know, <laughs> we'd all be rich because that's what everyone complains about. Because like we have gusts up to sixty k or whatever, and like it just it rips through your jackets and you're just yeah. absolutely chilled to the bone. You're like, man, if it wasn't
1: for this F and we'd be fine. <laughs> How long does that does help, that, yeah. right? Sorry, what was that here? The flatlands don't help. It's just like because I've lived in no. Minnesota and it was the same over there as well.
3: Yeah, it just went flat as there's nothing to stop you. Like you're just absolutely just whoosh, gone, cut through your body.
0: Jeez. How long does that weather last for? How, what is the like the winter winter months where you can't do a whole lot? four or five months
3: almost half the year jeez basically this year was a little bit later we didn't get hit till about late november so we've been living in paradise up until december (laughs) but usually usually it hits right around halloween time and then it stays till about april
1: wow okay Mm. man that's rough
2: yeah But, but you sort of have the infrastructure to deal with Snow and ice a lot better than like honestly the UK is just and as soon as it hits zero Celsius it's game over all all together the whole country just Mm -hmm. can't cope and then you add snow on top and it's like honestly this this the roads don't work nothing works
3: yeah you know we got the infrastructure I mean we've we've been dealing with it for all of our lives so we kind of know how to how to deal with it and like we just it's funny because like when it's icy and stuff we just pour salt all over the roads and then which is good it gives us like melts the snow and it gives you a little bit of grip but then it rusts the crap out of your vehicle so it's like gosh, yeah so i mean there's catch-22s
0: do you have to wash that off every day or how does how do you prevent the rust from your vehicle
3: yeah you try and wash it off but then the kicker is if you don't have a heated garage it just freezes and then you can't get into your car so it's just like (laughs) you're kind of damned if you do damned if you don't
1: like and and to aj's point you know just to like you know because the salt thing like on the east coast like you know in new york and everything they they, like you know they of course put it on the road so traveling is a lot easier on the west coast where i live they don't put salt because it apparently permeates into the environment and you know the water might get salt or something like that Mm -hmm. they're weird here in oregon but Mm -hmm. driving is much difficult they'll request they'll, they'll recommend putting chains and putting on a chain onto a tire and on four tires is one of the most horrible things you can do when you're freezing, you have gloves on, and mm-hmm. you know, you're like all basically engulfed in your jacket. So, yeah, can help? oh, good.
0: Uh, Daniel had a comment. It looks like it would be funny. I was holding off because I thought it was VR, like the other two games they made. I think he's talking mm-hmm. about High on Life. Yeah, it could be. I'm not sure.
2: Mm. That, that would have been a kicker if you'd have bought the PC, you then realized you needed the VR headset to go with it, AJ.
3: Yeah, just the, the Christmas present to myself, Bill, just keeps going up and up the more I learn about this game.
0: Uh, Drew commented, it's the wind. I hear and say that myself all the time.
1: <laughs> sure it is
0: true. Uh, Mr. Popdoculus, I'm in northern Michigan. Uh, we're getting hit pretty hard right now mm-hmm. by this oh, snowstorm. Yeah, be, be careful it's... out there.
3: Oh, that's nuts. I don't know how it is with everyone in the States right now, but like,
1: are you guys able to fly and get home on trips and stuff? No, because like, yeah, no, they canceled all the trips, at least in Portland. I, I know that for a fact because I, I was talking to somebody who, had, who has a flight at 10 a.m. and 10 p.m. in the night, and she's kind of worried because all the flights have been canceled till midday. So,
3: yeah, like my parents have been stranded in Cuba for a week, they can't get home, and we don't think they're going to be home for Christmas now. I mean, Ooh. as far as things go, good place to be stranded. Yeah, yeah. That's, at this better, time of the year, right? Yeah, better to be stranded in the minus 40. So, yeah, yeah, so yeah,
0: yeah. I think a lot of flights are getting delayed. Um, I know someone who was trying to fly to Iowa a few days ago or yesterday, I and mean, then his flight got canceled too, so yeah, lots yeah, oh. that's, of that's trouble. Uh, Daniel said, Is
2: it not VR? You are in luck. I was just about to say the same thing, Daniel. <laughs> nice, <laughs> it's actually the first question in their FAQ is is this a VR game? Because oh. uh, hmm. obviously a lot of people think that. Yeah. So AJ, do you get a lot of writing done in those cold winter
0: months when you can't do a whole lot?
3: Yeah, yeah. I'm hunkered down inside, and then thankfully I got a dog from Arizona, so he's as dis fond of the cold as I am. So like, <laughs> he only goes out when he absolutely has to. So I just I just hunker down and I do all my writing. So that's that's good. The winter months are one of my most productive ones. Nice. So you're, how long did your dog stay out? Probably not very long, right? Probably
0: ready to come back in after a few minutes?
3: Yeah, yeah, he really, he's a big suck. Like we went to, there's a pet store near me, like literally maybe 100 feet from my house. And about 20 feet in, he's lifted up two of his paws because he's like, this is too cold. I don't want to walk. And people are like driving by me and they're like, hey, like your dog's hurt. I'm like, no, he's he's just a little sissy. <laughs> it's cold. But yeah, I was like. I can't, and like he's fifty pounds, and like it look ridiculous if I just like cradle him like a baby, walking him down the street. So I just force him to kind of tough it out. He's
0: from Arizona, huh? But he
1: he got a raw deal there, huh? Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: I mean, if your dog could talk, you know, it would be really fun to hear him complain. Yeah, and then
3: on these boots, like these, in like really thick winter boots, and he hates them. He'll chew them off. So it's just like, okay, like. Either be cold or wear the boots, mm-hmm. like yeah. uh, pick a pain.
0: Okay. What's what, what's the weather th- uh, there for you, Chris? Is it cold or
2: it, we had our cold spell was last week and, and cold? I mean, it's like minus one Celsius to about four Celsius. That's a bit spread, that's about generally a bit as cold as it gets, and it'll be like that probably till about February, Marchish time. Uh, this week we're having a, what I would say is a, a wet but a milder spell, so it's kind of that eight. Eight degrees celsius kind of thing so it 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 just gives people the reason i don't know if everybody else in the world says this but again a very uk thing is for somebody to say two days before christmas god doesn't feel like christmas like everybody in every house says says exactly that they have this idea of what christmas should look like and it very rarely does but uh yeah so so it's quite mild at the moment but it's, it's a bit, bit wet but that's that's our climate our climate's just very wet all the time
3: Yeah, like we we say the same thing too. Oh, it doesn't feel like Christmas, except this year it's going to feel like Christmas because it's (laughs) absolutely cold. But like last year, it was like minus ten. We we were barbecuing on the deck. We made we had Christmas
2: burgers, and Canadians are made of hearty stuff. Jeez. Yeah, uh, uh, we we we've the opposite problem of when it actually does feel like Christmas. It snows like that, that year that it was minus twenty Celsius. The water pipes and all froze, so there was no running water in any of the houses for days. Christmas Day, like it was a real problem. People were like, this sucks. This is this is the worst. Never never wanted they actually look like Christmas at Christmas because it's actually the practicalities are are not good.
0: So what? Uh, so uh, I was wondering if anyone would be up for coming on this week because I know it's busy. What What are all you guys having planned for the holiday? Are AJ? Do you travel uh, with this weather? Uh,
3: usually, uh, we travel. Um, my family's all kind of around Saskatoon, and then the ones that aren't usually come down because majority of us live here, so I don't have to travel too far. Maybe driving half an hour, forty minutes wherever I gotta go. But now, kind of with my parents stuck in Cuba and. Being it's so cold, no one can get flights out here. I don't know if I'm having a Christmas. It's just might be me and my dog in my house this year. <laughs> no burgers? No yeah. burger. Yeah, yeah. I'm not barbecuing a minus 40. That's... <laughs> oh, fuck that. <laughs>
0: Min- minus 10 degree burgers? Not this
3: year? <laughs> yeah. I don't even have to put out the burgers in a freezer. I can just leave them on the deck and they'll be frozen. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: Minus 10 burgers. <laughs>
3: that <was> hardcore. <laughs> yeah. I agree. see everyone says that like it was like oh this is such a nice day out the sun's out it's not windy (laughs) it's perfect feels like summer you're in there in a Mm t-shirt
2: oh man yeah Yeah, i I love that one when it comes up and says you know minus one degree outside partly sunny and i'm like those two things don't actually match but if it's minus 10 like it's even worse
3: no when i went to new zealand in november um it was just like, wow, like this is amazing. Like, oh yeah, this is starting to come into our winter months or whatever. I think And I'm like, guys, like this isn't winter. This yeah. is so nice. People are walking around in bunny hut or I guess hoodies. That's what they're called everywhere else in Saskatchewan. Mm-hmm. They're called bunny hugs, well, and right. I don't know, I don't know why, but that's what everyone calls them. And um, yeah, I'm just like, and people are like, look at me in shorts and a t-shirt. And like, you're not from here, are you? I'm like, no, nope. <laughs> no. Nope.
0: Do you know, comment? It sounds like you guys handled the freezing pipes better than Austin in the U.S. did a couple of years ago. It was a big disaster there a few years ago Mm -hmm. in Texas.
2: I can't say I handled it well at all. It was that kind of thing of uh, we can't cook, we can't wash, we can't. You know, it was just just, and everybody just kind of stood around looking at each other and going like, "We've nothing to do. We'll just we'll just look at each other and possibly watch TV until
1: somebody turns water back on or somebody gets his water." My sister was like <clears throat> my sister lives in Texas, and the worst part for her was that she was on call in the hospital, so she came home hmm. and the power was out, and her oh. garage is motorized, so she couldn't even open her garage to go inside the house That's hmm. how bad she had she had to turn around and go hmm. back to the hospital where she had to sleep over there because she couldn't even get back into her house, and the door was like frozen solid and it was oh, just yeah.
3: A-, yeah, a few years ago i had I was renting a house and uh I tried to get into my house and it was so cold that when I turned the lock, the tumbler actually broke inside. It just snapped. So I couldn't get into my house.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: So I had to call, like, I think I had to call like a locksmith and he had a base or my landlord did. And he had to take like the whole lock assembly off. And wow. yeah, it was nuts. I was like, man, it's too, if, if you're breaking metal and it's this cold, like, this is ridiculous. Wow.
0: Have you always lived there, uh, AJ? Or did
3: you end up there some other way? No, I've, I'm from here originally, and then I, I lived in Toronto for a year, which is an experience. Um, their cold is not like our cold. I mean, they have the gr- they have the Great Lakes right by there, so it's like it's nice and uh, warm. So uh, <laughs> again, like. Everyone, I remember I was going to the subway station or the, not the subway, the go train, the commuter train on the platform. Everyone's like in a bella clava, ski mask, goggles. And I'm there with, again, jeans and a bunny hug. And I'm just sitting there and people are like, you're not from here, are you? Like, no, no, I'm not. I'm from like where it's super cold. Yeah, you adapt pretty good. Yeah, it's just, it's weird. It's weird. Like, again, I've lived here almost my whole life, and I just, I never, I always consider myself a big sissy when it comes to the cold. And then you go to other places, you're like, okay, you're actually kind of
2: tough when it comes to the cold. But how how do you handle the heat then, AJ? Oh, I hate it. I absolutely hate it. (laughs) I always
3: say give me minus forty over fifty yeah. four over plus forty. Like I can you can always
1: put on more layers, you can only get so
3: legally naked and then, <laughs> then it's a problem.
1: And even getting naked doesn't help at sometimes, you know, when you're in, yeah, in right. when you're in second like humid weather, yeah. you just gonna sweat everywhere, no matter where you are sitting. So right. yeah.
3: I don't know how people do humid heat like in California and Florida. I'm like, holy crap! Like that's like I I went to Las Vegas and Nevada. That was fine because with a nice dry heat. I can handle that. But when it's humidity, and you just step outside, you feel like you're sweating. I'm like, oh my god!
0: Yeah, you never feel dry with hum- I yeah. humidity either.
3: Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. ridiculous.
0: Uh, and I mentioned you'll have a great day even if solo. AJ, remember to treat yourself. Just me and my dog for Christmas too. I'll order takeout and watch TV and movies. And but it's not minus forty. Yeah.
3: That's, a plus. Right. yeah that's that's a big plus yeah. that sounds like a great day though it does <laughs> maybe i'll do a lord of the rings marathon now that i've visited Ooh. new zealand and I've, oh. I've seen all the sets hmm. oh yeah i'll take more
1: versions, than one day right? though pardon i said extended versions right not the oh yeah of course Gosh. Oh,
3: good. I'm a, I'm a man of class
1: yes
0: <laughs> There are people who think the theatrical versions are better, but well, they're wrong. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's they're
1: okay. just plainly wrong.
0: We can have surpri- yeah, I'm surprised.
1: I mean, it's like you, you're already watching the, te- the theatrical versions for close to three hours. You're already yeah, watching well, three hours, close to three hours worth of goodness. Why not just get a, one extra hour of more? You know, of like more Hobbits, more you know, more Sauron, or at least the Eye, and then more mm. interplay, more dialogue, more world building. Mm. Everything is just more. Like that was,
3: creepy.
1: yeah. When I watched Lord of the
3: Rings the first time, I watched the theatrical versions first and then I watched the extended versions after. <clears throat> and one thing I noticed is like they didn't explain what laminus bread was in the theatrical mm-hmm. version. They're just like, oh, they just have like these three leaves of bread. Mm-hmm. And then the theatrical version is like, oh, one bite will fill you up. But like, oh, that makes a lot more sense now. And just like, yeah, you miss little things like that. That's why I love the extended version. It just adds to the story and informs you a little bit more, especially if you didn't read the books.
2: I was going to say, spot the fantasy author, though. The guy the yeah. guy that needs that that granular piece of detail, you know, to, to kind of really enjoy. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> I want to know what that bread is, damn it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> do you yeah. find yourself, uh, do all of you, do, do all of you find yourself watching those types of movies and shows now differently that you uh, have more fantasy books under your belt? That's a
1: good question. That there aren't Is that you, many fantasy movies. There aren't that many good fantasy movies to begin with. So, and you can't really watch Game of Thrones with the kids at home. So, it's, it's limited what you can and cannot watch. Yeah, at least for me, I'll say it that much. At least for me. <laughs> most of them are pre-existing IPs as well. So they're usually things
2: that people already have formed an opinion about, if you know what I mean. So Mm -hmm. like Lord of the Rings or even Wheel of Time or anything like that. So you kind of go in, I always go in with this thing of fighting, like don't have unrealistic expectations. Don't be getting annoyed about minor you know if they didn't explain the bread and i really think they should have explained the bread that is actually not a big thing you know um especially when you're trying to recommend or trying to say this is good to my mom and dad or something like that you know mm-hmm. um i would love to see a genuinely original fantasy show they've done it occasionally with sci-fi shows but not so much with fantasy no the most
3: original fantasy show i've stumbled across and is- not really originally. it's uh it's on Prime it's it's an anime uh Legend of Vox machina it's based oh. off the critical the critical role D d campaign and they've basically taken these characters and they're made it into a TV show that I think season two drops in January 2023 It's pretty good actually
2: I mean mm. if you especially if you like Dungeons and dragons you'll you'll really get a kick out of it that's the bit that I often miss as well sorry bit about, about anime in general anime a lot of there's a lot of fantasy in anime there's, there's a yeah. lot of it and I kind of I forget that it's a it's an avenue that it, that it could be exploring. Seas, the other one I think I've mentioned beforehand, Seas and Apple TV, is, is a fantasy show as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, even though it's kind of set in the future. Uh, mm. But it's a, a future that reverts back to mystical and fantastical oh. rather than, than science fiction.
1: Mm-hmm. Somehow I think science fiction, I don't know why, but like science fiction has that edge over fantasy in like the TV and the film medium. Like there are a lot more sci-fi shows, a lot more sci- original and, you know, of course, adapted yeah. and movies as well than say fantasy. I don't And I don't, I, I, I can't explain why. maybe for budgetary reasons. That's the only thing I can think of, or maybe people just thought like, you know, that like, Oh, if you put fantasy, it's for, kids, it's for adults, but.
3: Yeah. I think that's a lot of it. A lot of people, I think game of Thrones really opened up a lot of people's eyes that, Hey, fantasy is not just little kids, uh, you know, like Aragon or Harry Potter or whatever. There's actually this whole subgenre of like adult fantasy that can be explored and made into great TV shows, so I hope that you know it can really keep uh, get,
1: get the ball ro- rolling. Yeah, unfortunately, HBO only got the memo that only George R. R. Martin's like western <laughs> works. Nothing. There is no other fantasy. There is yeah. just just <laughs> R. Martin. That he's the only fantasy author alive. So you know that's why they have greenlit, or at least they're they're semi-producing five. Prequel and sequel shows just said investors mm-hmm. like that pisses me off. But I mean, you, you could maybe give him one prequel show and one sequel show and then still, you know, expand to some other fantasy author. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe just maybe there might be some few other thousands of authors out there.
3: Yeah. I know, uh, I think Anthony Ryan's uh, Blood Song is getting or is in the oh. process of getting dealt to somewhere. I don't think it's found a home yet.
1: No, uh, no it, but I, I remember what you're talking about. Like, you know, they, they announced it like they're adapting the first trilogy into the 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 release was very weird though do you do you remember that aj like when they released no
3: it? i just heard when i had uh anthony ryan on my channel i talked to him and he mentioned it in passings so, and I, I didn't look into it but yeah
1: the weird part I said it doesn't focus on wailing al sorna uh, it, it it in fact the the and i distinctly remember this because somebody else was talking about it like so the release talks about the queen of fire which is book two no it's book three. Book three, and it focuses on the three female characters. And Valen, if you look at the you know the release of the about the book, he's kind of mentioned in passing. So it focuses on the princess, who's really a fantastic character. And I'm forgetting her name. It focuses on the, this is kind of like a spoiler, but like the other who's kind of trying to attack. And then of course it focuses on Lerna, who's you know going to be, uh, who comes in from book two onwards. And Valen and his brother whose name, again, I'm forgetting, are mentioned as well, but they mentioned. So kind of it, The release made it sound really weird. Like, if you hadn't read the books, you would have a totally different picture of what the story is all about. Mm-hmm. So, but I'm hoping they at least adapt it, because, hey, more fantasy and Anthony Ryan's books are fantastic.
2: Yeah. I think the one that I'm most interested in, I mean, obviously, they're doing The Empire and uh, Rift War, books from Feist and uh, Wurtz as well, which, like, big favourites of mine. But actually, the redoing of The Dresden Files with Jim Butcher as exec producer, actually is really interesting because mm. obviously they are running run it up beforehand and i mean my wife likes it to me it's not very dressing if, if you know what i mean it's kind of like 90s what they thought would work on tv let's make a show in that in that kind of form but actually this one he they're going back and doing it again and that is really unusual you know uh for them to take a second run on a shows kind of a, a lot about you know how continued popularity of a book series can actually come back around again um and then get made, hopefully, hopefully well. And especially if he's exec producing and taking showrunner part of it,
1: he'll get what he wants out of it. Jim Butcher hated that original, that, oh, yeah. that I remember that I, I had attended one of his signings back in the early 2000s, and they, he was mentioning tales of how they just ruined it because they had like a drumstick for his wand and they first said like, oh, let's do it, let's make it like the, the saga, his books like, you know, us, over the yep. season and then some new producer came be like, no, 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 we want, you know, an episode for the day and then they release it in different orders. It was bad. It, was I, really it bad.
2: wasn't good. Uh, the, and like most of those, the, I'd say the same even for like Game of Thrones, what, what makes most of those shows work actually is great casting. You know, they get great mm-hmm. casting, right, and then they let good actors do good work. You know, we give them decent scripts, they that the rest of it takes care of itself. You know, the CGI can go on top of it, but actually the thing that stands out about, say, Game of Thrones is actually the acting actually right across the board was not um, this kind of sem- semi-serious or even too serious. It was just good drama, you know, mm-hmm. acted well by good people. And, you know, getting that part right makes such a huge difference. Mm-hmm.
0: The sad thing is a lot of, these, a lot of the actors who w- was in Game of Thrones have not a whole lot to, not, they're not getting a whole lot of work. No, at least not to you know, kind of where you would expect them to be. Because I, you would expect them to have a have some something to to kind of continue. But I think they get they're so recognizable as those characters that it's hard for them to do something else. out of it,
3: yeah. It's I think it's like you are going to be typecast as those type of people for the rest of your career, which is going to be tough. I mean, but I mean, I think that comes with the role. I mean, but like, look at Brendan Fraser now. He had to just take a couple years break, and now he's doing all these other roles that he's traditionally would have never done.
2: Yeah,
0: that's true. A little bit of time away. Uh, Drew had a comment. Let's see, uh, part one. I've never I've heard many authors in interviews give the advice to aspiring writers is to read a lot and lot in and out of the genre they write in. But recently, uh, I've heard a number of newer authors say they don't read much. Do you think it's necessary to be a reader to have to be a good writer? Uh, how much do you think that matters? Great
1: question. It is. Mm-hmm. AJ, you're the only person qualified enough to answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Uh, I think you'd need to be a reader at some point. I mean, you don't have to devour books. Like I see people on my Twitter have like, oh, I read like 50 books this year, or 85 books this year or whatever. I think you just you need to be a little bit in touch with what's going on in the genre to kind of keep you on top of your game. For myself, I, I'm too uh inspired by other people's work like I'll be reading a chapter like oh that's a cool idea how can yeah. I work this in my book and then I'll set it down and go work on my computer and then so like it takes me forever to read an actual book but uh I think you need to be able to uh you need to be in touch with the genre so you're not just coming up with the same old tropes and you need to make new spins on things hmm.
2: It's a strange one because i think historically i'm not i'll exclude like the past five years of books because i think things have changed a lot in the fantasy market but it was pretty much the most derivative um style of writing that, that there was going back to 70s and 80s everybody just kind of redid the same lone hero trope you know the young boy you know etc growing up uh so there was none a lot of it originality but i think that's where the part one the first question where people who read in outside and outside their own genre like i think that it's very clear that george r, r. martin worked outside of the fantasy genre for a long time because he was able to take a lot of that a lot of the things that would happen in other genres and then mix it in with the fantasy to then make something that kind of elevates both sets of genres if you know what i mean and mm-hmm. anybody that's doing that will always find a sort of audience uh, i think because there's always something interesting to read there's always something to kind of push at and go oh I like where this went or, or otherwise. And I think that's why things like Grimdark, et cetera, have started to rise quite prominently in the past couple of years as well. Is so far this this the possibilities here. Like there's there's no plot armor, there's all of that kind of stuff's kind of off the table. So
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think most of the successful authors who are coming up, they always if you read their interviews, like you and Mark Lawrence, Joey Baccrombie, Luke Skull, they mm-hmm. all have spoken about the fact that they are primarily readers. And of course, along the way, they developed, you know, ideas and wanted to explore their own ideas, like similar to what AJ said, like you know, they wanted to write something of their own. And that's how they became. So I think kind of knowing what fantasy is, it was always helpful. And, you know, Chris, to your point, I think everybody wants to do something different, right? Because that's what George R. R. Martin did back in the 90s when he was tired of reading everything, the same thing over and over again. That's why he kind of wrote the fantasy that he wanted to write about. Joe Abercrombie. Coming from in in like the late in late to middle two thousands, he was tired of what he was saying. That's why he wrote what he wrote. Mark Lawrence took it a step further, and so on and so forth. So maybe I think it's it's kind of necessary, unless you're like Terry Goodkind, who just famously proclaims that I do not read fantasy, I do not write fantasy, and then proceeds to rip off Robert Jordan for all of his. <laughs> 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 That's a different yeah. thing.
2: It is funny because allegedly, let me this. say that out loud. <laughs> allegedly. allegedly. <laughs> I've asked a couple of authors this very question. I've asked error uh, with them exactly this because uh, my youngest loves to write, would write all day, doesn't like stories, will read comics, that kind of stuff, but will not read novels. And I was saying, like, do you think that's a problem long term? And, and his view was that actually, you know, you need to read pretty much. If you're going to separate yourself and make, make a success at something, you've got to do the bits that will That'll kind of separate you from the person who doesn't do that. Maybe you know it doesn't invest in the craft. That's really what he was talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas Chris Brennan, I think it said he doesn't read at all, pretty mm-hmm. much. Um, so any uh, links that other people might have of his the other work, he says just can't be possible. I'm sorry, like it may well be, you know, that there's similarities, but it certainly was never designed or intentioned or even influenced. You know, which I think mm-hmm. I think's really really interesting because I think his his books. Or ideas factories, I think is is what I would come away from the first two books of that Hillborn King saga so is they're just swimming in ideas. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, if I was if I was running a genre, I'd have to read outside of that genre, otherwise my book would just be pieces of everything I just read. So <laughs> I'd have to read out. Of, I'd have to read like you know something else, a some different kind of genre, just so I don't end up unintentionally just making my books what I just read or what I you know enjoy. That's the that's why I can never be an author because I I don't. I can't couldn't do hey, it. So kudos. Maybe if you T-H. put enough
1: ideas in a blender, you still you can still make something original, Steve.
0: I guess. Yeah, you can subvert expectations and piss yeah. everyone off.
1: You could always do that too.
3: <laughs> I mean, that's basically what Oathbreaker was. It was like a mix of like uh Andrew Swakowski's Witcher series and Don Quixote. It's just like this mashup of things, and for better or for worse, the product is Oathbreaker. Or, Again, again, Season Kings is a little bit different in that regards, where I actually had more of a concrete plot in my head when I wrote mm-hmm.
0: it. I heard someone describe Oathbreaker as like a heavy metal album, like <laughs> in a book in book form, or something like that. But that's yeah, pretty, 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 pretty spot on.
3: Yeah, it's it's pretty dark. <laughs> and then uh, the next book, Season Kings, is a uh, really dark. I think Holly Tinsley, when she bought it, right when it first came out, she uh, she tweeted, "This is easily the the grim darkest book of 2022." I'm like, ah, nice, nice. And, it, and it's because and it because it's the first chapter just starts. I think I talked about it with John on my uh, podcast last. Spoilers: some animals die, and it just immediately hits the ground
1: running, and like it sets the pace. Can you? Mm-hmm. AJ, you mentioned this, like, you know, Season of Kings was a little bit better plotted or more plotted, so to so speak. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Like, you know, in comparison to Oathbreaker, why do you make that statement?
3: Yeah, so like, Oathbreaker, I was very much like, I treated it like a DD game, because I used to be a DM, or I still am a DM. And I used to be, okay, something interesting happens this chapter. And then next chapter is another isolated incident. So it, like, basically, my, my heroes were hopping from... Shithold the shithole the shithole to shithole of things bad things happening constantly whereas season of kings something might not happen like an encounter but there's plot developing like little strings that you would draw back to in later chapters so it's a little bit more more coherent as a traditional story that way whereas i think oathbreaker was written basically as a dnd campaign as a book and again that just comes with me being inexperienced with the author with the writing books and stuff
1: Are are you currently writing a sequel to the season of Kings?
3: Yes, I'm currently writing. I've with the holidays, it's tough. And then man, I'm really bad at writing sequels because I've, I finished the Oathbreaker sequel and I'm about a hundred pages into the season of Kings sequel. And both, both of them I've sent to my alpha reader sky and both of them. She's like, Oh, there's this glaring plot hole you've neglected. I'm like, shit. (laughs) And now I have to try and figure, and I get that damn roadblock. I can't figure out how to do it. Mm-hmm. Season of Kings is not so bad because it's only 100 pages, but mm-hmm. like the the sequel for o- Oathbreaker is like 300 some pages. Like, man, if I pull this tether, this falls apart, and it's like a spider web. And it's like, man, I and I just don't have the energy. Like, I don't want to deal with that. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'll get to it eventually. It's just when because it's it's very daunting and looming to me. Uh, the
2: creative process,
3: damn. Yeah.
0: That'd be tough to have some have like a hole somewhere you have to plug up and have to like unravel so much just to go back and fix it.
3: Yeah, that's why I'm just like, I'm inherently lazy, so it's just like, ah, I really don't want to start with that endeavor. Yeah, sounds like a lot of work. Uh, Aaron
0: had a comment, uh, no original, but has any has anyone watched the Willow TV show? Is it worth a watch? I haven't. I just I. I'm kind of tired of this whole, like, let's run it back again. Like, let's re-explore the story. Just, Willow was great for what it was. Just leave it alone. It just creates Mm -hmm. something new. But what about you guys? Have you seen it?
2: No. I haven't seen it, but I have heard that it actually eschews an awful lot of the original film. Like, it's very much Mm. its its own thing, rather than, uh, in fact, some of the weakest parts of it are the bits that are the original film. If that makes sense, like the original cast, or otherwise, are, are the kind of bits where you go, oh, we don't need that. Uh, but let it be its own thing. In that world, tell more stories in that world, which I think is uh, always the best way to approach approach that. You look at oh, House of the Dragons, pretty much that that kind of thing. You know, you you tell a different story, different time period of that world with kind of the same fabric running through it. You know, I think I think it can work. Mm-hmm.
1: It, I haven't watched the original. The original was a movie in the eighties, right? If that's I'm right. Not, that's right. I've mm-hmm. heard about it. I haven't watched it. So for me, this was just it never it, it never came on my radar. So I probably
0: mm-hmm. lucky, I guess. I Think it was what PG or PG thirteen. Th- I think out? you're probably right. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. It was very it's... much in that labyrinth kind of thing where yeah. the you know they were doing this kind of like movies
0: that like Willow and Legend and um, it was a couple a couple of the movies that were very dark. Um, that were was PG PG
1: thirteen. They do They don't really yeah. care. No. <laughs>
2: yeah it was different yeah, you had the sort of like dark crystal the jim henson ones as well were around that time as well that i don't know I don't know how successful i think dark crystal was but we, we could always do with more more original stories would be great somebody yeah. take a chance you know they don't have to be mega budget either there's a pretty good fantasy film uh, called headhunter that was made for pittance um it tells the story of a of a guy who is just a hunter by himself and i mean very little is told about him at the start but he just goes around the, the world basically scoring his kills and uh kind of going into the kind of demise of him as a person when that's his own existence it's really quite good as an indie movie if anybody wants to find it uh somewhere ahead, Hunters, what you call it it's pretty good
0: yeah to check that out mm-hmm. i think to the reluctance to for news stories is because fantasy series cost a lot of money with yeah. effects. And so they, they try to go with something that's, um, you know, like a, a shirt, sure, like a slam dunk. Um, so I think that's part of it is that they, you know, don't, they're risk adverse.
1: Yeah, they, definitely not... are, they definitely are risk averse, but even then I feel like, you know, like the one thing which I don't understand, maybe this is my ignorance about Hollywood and how the movie making business works. Like, from what I understand, like most shows, they go on for the longer they go on, the more expensive it gets. You know, like yes. I think Sean Speakman had mentioned something about the rule of seven. If like it, it, usually is successful about seven seasons or more. And if it goes beyond seven seasons, it becomes too expensive to produce. Mm-hmm. Fantasy is known for you know trilogies. You know they can make like two to four seasons only. Why don't they do that? There's thousands of books, and I'm pretty sure like there's some executives or somebody in Hollywood must be reading, right? There they cannot yeah. be like all of them cannot be like not readers. There are fantasy readers everywhere in the world so I, like joe Abercrombie's first Art trilogy that is not an expensive one it doesn't mm-hmm. have that many doesn't need that many special effects it can get made into like a 10 episode or eight episode per season three of three seasons and you know just get it out it, it'll be a huge it, the dialogue is already there like literally you just mm-hmm. gotta just get out the dialogue from the books and it shouldn't be that hard but again yeah
2: there's a there's a clause in, in most Netflix. Oh, I, I was cl- skipping. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a clause in most Netflix shows. Most Netflix shows get made. Most of them get um, made with a two season initial run in mind, and actually, they most of those contracts are that if it gets renewed for the third series, there's massive pay increases go for most of the cast. Mm-hmm. So you will see that most Netflix shows get cancelled after two years unless it's super successful. So you can think of any amount of of ones you can go back or, or otherwise. Um, two seasons is all they get, and unless they've really taken off, it's it's just totally cost prohibitive. Um, and that's the way their standard contracts are for for all of their shows, by all accounts.
0: Hmm. Netflix is ruthless; they they will cancel yeah a, a series after one, uh, after one season.
3: Yeah, it's all very much about their. Uh, their bottom line, mm-hmm. so it's it's quite uh, it's quite disheartening when you get a show that you love yeah. and just like oh it doesn't it's not as big as Stranger Things or whatever so it's axed.
2: So. Did
1: they renew standman Man? Did yes, they, they did. Stand, Stand Man? Man's got kind of a second series. Yeah, yeah. Oh, finally. Okay, because I, I know for a long time they they hadn't even commented about that uh, and that was like a lot of people were worried about that. Um, yeah, but Include, including Neil moment. Gaiman. Neil Gaiman
2: was very worried about it. He was openly campaigning for it to get, uh, to get a new series. Uh, oh it's... God,
0: yeah. What was that series a few months ago? Is the su- the Mark Millar superhero series? I forget what it's called, but it was at the top of the charts at the time, and they cancelled it. Oh, something Jupiter. It
1: was Jupiter Ascending, yeah, Ju- yeah. yeah. is that or something, something like that. Some that? It's based on one of his books, comic book series. Jupiter. Something to do with the word Jupiter. Now I gotta look it up.
2: Jupiter Sending One of them was a, was a movie and then one of them was a TV series and I can't remember which one was which, but but one of them was Jupiter Ascending for sure. Uh, Prime <inaudible> Video's... Yeah. Jupiter yeah. Jupiter ah, Legacy Jupiter Legacy.
1: was a yeah. uh, TV, TV show.
2: Yeah, I say, Prime Video seems to be much more invested in this kind of fantasy storytelling mega budget thing. Because uh, mm. obviously, you know, you would think you would only do one of Lord of the Rings or with the time and now they're going to do uh, Warhammer 40k, which like warhammer 40k has got to be the most expensive thing you can ever possibly set it to mm-hmm. make yeah i can't think of anything that would cost more money than that but to, especially because it's got to look incredible you know mm-hmm. power armor and all it's really got to be looking like something else so for play to them may not be as much as lord of the rings or was it power What is it the
0: the ring of po- rings of
3: power. Ring of power rings
1: of yeah. power oh. oh god that show <laughs>
3: yeah yeah yeah, I think Net, Prime Video is trying to find something to compete with at Game of Thrones, and Netflix is The Witcher, mm-hmm. and it's so far, I think it's missed on both its two attempts of Wheel of Time and The Rings of Power. Speaking of The Witcher, uh, <laughs> <and we, laughs> got to ask you because yeah.
0: because Oathbreaker was was your response to Cavill getting the job as as The Witcher, and you ended up liking Cavill's portrayal of The Witcher. Yeah. So now that you've done this this reverse, you know. How do you feel about him being on the way out? What's uh, what it, your reaction?
3: It angers me greatly. Um and I think I again it's all speculation because I, I don't know anyone on the show. I don't know Mr. Cabo at all. But I think it's because he's such a fan of the games in the books that he wanted it closer to the source material where the okay. showrunners are wanting it to make it their own thing. And as someone who loved the games in the books myself, it angers me. It's like, ah, like, why are you ruining it? So but it hurts. It sucks. I don't think it's gonna survive past season three or four when Hemsworth comes in. I think most of the people, when you check on like whenever they make a a post on social media, you check the comments and everyone's just bashing this show. So I feel like they're they're gonna get canceled soon. They just don't know it yet. I
1: mean, to be honest, like as a Henry Cavill fan, like I like I haven't played the games. I, I just read. I read one. You know, the first Witcher book. The first season was okay. But the main draw was Henry Cavill. Like he brings authenticity to the role. He brings authenticity to whatever whichever roles he goes through. I mean, poor Liam Liam Hemsworth, I'm sure he's excited for the role, but I don't think his, the show's gonna survive. Mm-hmm. the second season I kind of stopped watching just because it was so bad. And then I'm not even interested for season three because of the same point which you know AJ brought up. Like, you know, there's been a lot of speculation about like you know how the showrunners wanted to do their own thing. But Henry Cavill and of course one of the writers who has gone away now also mentioned the same thing, like they don't they're not really following The books as they want. It's like they kind of think of it as like, yeah, it's there, but we want to create our own thing, which is it's it's kind of bad, right? Because if you're adapting something, you for the fan, just for the purposes of the book, because there's already something out there and it's successful, why wouldn't you adapt? And yes, I understand that there's you know some changes that need to occur between you know the TV and the the book media, but take the first four seasons of Game of Thrones. D and D, as much as we dislike them for the last two seasons. They successfully adapted the first the first three books into four successful TV shows, they, which was which was a worldwide phenomenon, which converted so many people who hadn't, wouldn't even read books or wouldn't even look at fantasy books, into you know saying all of those you know fantasy terms like you know Valer Morgulius or Valar Doheris, or they even understood what Dothraki meant and who the Dragon Queen is and all of that. So kudos to them. But yeah, it can be done. I don't know. Uh, have you all seen Reacher the mm-hmm. the TV show on Amazon yes. Prime? Yeah, no, heard it's great. I though. Very good yeah, very good adaptation of the first, you know, Jack Reacher book. Again, the books are okay. I'm not a huge fan of; them. they're like a little bit mindless. But mm-hmm. the adaptation, the TV show adaptation, was so well done because it actually humanized Jack Reacher's character and gave him a little bit more to do than just you know go beat up people.
2: But but again, Reacher works as a TV series because the casting of Alan Richardson is mm-hmm. absolutely spot on. You know, he, he looked like the part a bit like Gerald. How can Liam Hemsworth be the physique of, of, of Henry Cavill? I mean, the whole thing about Henry Cavill is his physique, first of all. And the mm-hmm. fact that he's kind of a bit wooden in his acting was the most perfect girl thing mm-hmm. that there was, you know, that kind of emotionless kind of bit. I, I, like, my dad would never watch a show like The Witcher, and he absolutely loves The Witcher, you know, yeah. because it's it just, like, again, it has that thing of being... Not playing it for laughs, not playing it super serious, but just being good drama. First of all, it doesn't have to kind of conform to the kind of genre tropes or stereotypes that a lot of people associate with fantasy. One
3: one show that I think, which I'm surprised I'm saying because I'm kind of a puritan at heart, that's done well making uh, literature into its own thing is The Boys on Prime. Mm. Like if you read mm. The Boys mm-hmm. comics, yeah. I hate, I do not like The Boys comics at all. <laughs> oh,
0: and then oh, you're killing me, AJ. I'm sorry. <laughs>
1: garth and this is an acquired taste I, I i kind of agree with
3: aj yeah so i, I love, just i love it i watched the i read a few of the comics i'm like this isn't for me and then i saw they're making a a show of it i'm like really like they're gonna make that into a tv show and i i said all right i'll watch the first season and i fell in love instantly i'm like holy crap this is amazing mm-hmm. i don't know how do you feel steve if since you like the comics how do you feel about the show
0: i without too much without too many spoilers I will say that the comics did get a little too meta, mm-hmm. uh, about halfway through. They started getting kind of, uh, little, they got a little too, too far off track there. They went a little too far with it, but, um, I'm surprised that the, the TV show has gone some of the places they've gone with it. Yeah. Um, uh, cause there's some, I don't, for those of you who have read the comics, uh, it's pretty, pretty, uh, Oh yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, that's something. Yeah. Um so I'm surprised they've gone as far as they have but mm-hmm. overall I think the adaptation's okay. I, I think uh, I kind of think they try to humanize Homelander sometimes when they shouldn't.
3: Mm-hmm. But again, I like going back to Chris's point. That's just because I think they have a A-class casting in that show. Yeah. Everyone's like Anthony Stark crushes it at Homelander, um Kyle Urban crushes it as uh Billy Butcher. Yep. And the, everyone's just perfect.
1: And plus, they, they kind of have deviated a little bit more from the books as well, if I'm not wrong, the comic books. Mm-hmm. Like, they haven't taken the... I think the first season followed the path. The twist at the end of the first season was where you kind of figured out, oh, wait, this is not like in the books at all. And then, of mm-hmm. course, they, they have followed the... I would, I would say, like, the spirit, but rather not the exact footsteps of the sh- of the books, if I'm not wrong. And again, for spoiler reasons, I'm not stating what, but, like, things like the gasm, which we mentioned, is does happen, but then... The events of the hero gasm and when does it occur are completely taken different from what happens in the show mm. as well. And I think Black Noir's character in the books and in the show are completely different too. Mm-hmm. And a good thing, in a in a really great way. Oh, and also uh what what's Jensen? Soldier Boy. Soldier yeah. Boy has given a much bigger role than what it was in the comic books, too. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, Aaron mentioned to uh, AJ, now you get to respond to Hemsworth. So now you can take your yeah. your rage from Hemsworth and, and fix that pothole <laughs> on book two. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Uh, yeah, Drew mentioned, I think I remember Jim Butcher saying in an interview, he would prefer an animated adaptation of Dresden if it got another chance because that way the budget doesn't impact what can be mm-hmm. done as much.
2: I don't think it, animation just suffers from not reaching as wide an audience, though, I think in general, I think that's, that's part of animation's problem. I think it's much harder to do a, a real-life version, but the, the prize is even greater then. I mean, yeah, if, uh, if the Dresden Files takes off, it, it'll not stop.
3: Yeah, I think when you do live action, it's a higher risk, higher reward. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. like I know there's a really good superhero anime on prime called invincible it's based God, off of robert, robert kirkman's yeah yeah, yeah yes. robert kirkman's and i told all my friends about it and they watched it and they see the previews like oh it's a cartoon yuck and i'm like yeah. guys like it, it's good like you just like give it a chance you'll love it and they just they don't even because it's written because it's cartoon they
2: just write it off mm-hmm. i had a friend watch it watch the first episode and didn't watch the last five minutes <laughs> And he just, oh, it's just like everything else I've ever seen, or whatever. You're like, oh, man, that's uh, you didn't get there, <laughs> you didn't get to the last five minutes yet. Yeah, This just tough. I it's interesting good. thing about, yeah, the interesting thing about The Witcher for me, and this will be interesting, you know, to hear your viewpoint, AJ, is if Cavill was left because of. M- Deviation from the source material. I'm imagining and I'm, I, can, I can only can only guess because we weren't in the room that it's deviating from the things that are more specific in that, like, like to the outside world. If somebody doesn't hasn't played the games, hasn't read the books, they would think that the magic system is kind of like it could be anything. Whereas there's a very specific set of powers linked to the signs, is actually igni, etc., that mm-hmm. are there. And I would imagine a lot of the push is that we'll give them different magic powers, or we'll do do away with two swords or, you know, that kind of stuff that for a fantasy reader or somebody that's very invested in that world is very much the reason to love that thing in mm-hmm. the first place. Uh, and it, while somebody else might look at this from the side and go, but it doesn't really matter. It does. So because uh, those are the things that give it this design. That's the world that you've created. And when, you, when you've got the author, like if they made a TV show of your stuff, say AJ, if they decided to change some of what would be the world building of the stuff that you put in place, that would be difficult, I would imagine. Yeah, it'd be a tough pill to swallow. I mean, it'd
3: be—I'd—I'd uh, I'd probably go challenge them to fisty cuffs. The executive producers if they were <laughs> changing too much. But uh, no, like it's—it's—it's it's, it's what you said. Like the those little details are what makes the Witcher the Witcher, and not say like the blade itself, or Lord of the Rings, or anything else on the fantasy genre. There's a reason it's like that. It's because these little details and the showrunner of the witcher she's blowing up characters who are like tertiary or lower characters who like one character um i'm not going to spoil anything but he's literally just in a short story in the first witcher book and that's it he's never mentioned again and he's an integral part of the plot in the first two seasons of the show and it's just like why and why yeah kind of exactly why is he so important
1: and it doesn't make any sense. Plus, also, like, you know, another thing about The Witcher, which is really fascinating, the, the writer based on Slavic mythology. Mm-hmm. He had, his focus was, you know, he wanted to, because he obviously knows there's a lot of Slavic monsters and everything. And he wanted to create a world which was based on the Slavic mythology. That's why he has the content the way it is, you know, because there's a reason why. And like, Chris, to your point, magic system, even it works and everything because it's tied in with the magic system or at least the magic of the olden you know, Eastern European world where they really believed in witches, where they believed in those, you know, curses and stuff like that. So that's why he's kind of created this mystical world, which makes sense from his perspective. I just wish they would trust in it a little bit more It would yeah. make a lot more sense and would make the fans a little bit more happier as well
3: yeah that's definitely it and like again i i have a bone to grudge to pick with them too over their casting um i think like again as you're a fan of the games it's it, it sucked for me because like i expected certain people to look a certain way like i know yennefer Triss, um eskel lambert all the guys they I expected them to look similar to what the games were when the show first came out and then they completely just went the opposite direction they make it their own new thing i mean they don't get me wrong everyone they've hired i've loved as an actress and an actor they've done an
2: amazing job but it's just like that's ah, not what they're supposed to look like mm. which... yeah, I, have a, I have a couple of issues with the casting for that I to say, saying it you know jennifer problem for me yeah is not quite She's not quite Kate Beckinsale so to, to, to me is who that, you know, has to be walking in a room and everybody is actually part of her power is her beauty. Mm-hmm. And then the, the other one I have is, is the mana character here because to me, he is the spitting image of a character in the game, but not the same character. Yeah. And then that's the other thing is, uh, never mind, that's a spoiler. Oh, I can't get into that. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, we, we'll talk over it'll be yeah fun. we'll talk <laughs> uh jim
0: mentions the inner dialogue from first law would be difficult to adapt to screen
2: yeah that is one
3: thing i did want to mention is just like because when we were talking about adaptations is first law uh, the Witcher, with because Geralt's very moody and he has a lot of internal model. And then we talked about Anthony Ryan's, like how is Valen's uh, blood song yeah. going to be portrayed? I didn't know how. I asked Anthony Ryan. He's like, I don't have no idea either. I'm like, okay, well, this that's a huge challenge. How do you take it from a medium of reading it, reading about it, to actually just seeing it with like very little explanation? How does that? How do you
1: get that across? That'd be such a huge challenge. So I have two ideas about that. Sorry, I'm going to jump. in. <laughs> <Okay. there. laughs> yeah. yeah. I, will, I have. I I will say I'm, I'm sorry, Drew. I'm going to disagree with you. You know just comparing it back to game of thrones because a lot of game of thrones a lot of dialogue especially john snow's dialogue, Tyrion's dialogue a lot of it is in their head but they adapted it into like you know into them speaking it with other characters so first law they can always play play between the characters because you know with especially if, if i'm not wrong you're talking about logan and of course glotka you know glotka mm-hmm. has two people his and i'm forgetting the term like those his two tortures with him that some of it can be and some, and some of it you know like dexter Dexter is the best example of a character having his own monologue in the head, which is, you know, broadcasted or, you know, for the viewer, but not for the actors, They can in the, the show people. So mm-hmm. it would work if it done well. And secondly, you know, with the blood song thing, I think they could do like something like, you know, because if in the books it's described, you know, the blood song has its own music and the mm-hmm. person hears it, right? They could put it in the background, like, you know, they could have like a symphony, like not a slight rising when the blood song is telling Waylon to be like, be careful or something like that. They could come up with anything like that. It's not that hard to think about, right? like a motif or something that's
2: just, yeah. you don't know what
1: it is at the start, just have it in the background, you know, just yeah. very subtly. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And then in certain scenes when it's like warning him, it can rise mm-hmm. up. And then that's the cue for the reader that the blood song is. And of course the actor can be like, Oh, you know, he's surprised or something like that. so
3: That's the thing though. is was like, I don't have a lot of faith in people. So I feel like that would go over, over so many people's heads because in game of thrones, they played, like I rewatched game of thrones and they Play the Reigns of Castamere every time a Lannister's on the screen. I'm like, how did I miss it the first time? And at the Red Wedding, I didn't hear it at all. I'm like, and that's why I was just so shocked. Whereas there's like, there's that warning. I was like, oh. So I think mm. for like, maybe I'm just stupid. Maybe I'm just wrong. And like, some people uh, will catch on to that. But I think it might go over some people's heads if it's just in the background as music.
2: But that that show creators write are writing and producing something that will stand the rewatch. Mm-hmm. You know, that's in the same way that you know, you reread a book and you get more detail in the second time. Anything that's got really good craft, those small details really matter. Mm-hmm. And the, the things that actually give the, the show longevity, they give, give it the power that it has and it's why people, it's why the fandom for those things just goes to another level is because all of the small details were there. All of the things were so well planned out and set out in advance that you kind of went, ah, it was all there. Just like any good book, when you mm-hmm. get to the reveal of the twist, you went, actually, I should have been able to work this out because it was it was given to me at various points throughout the book, and uh, yeah, so. Uh,
0: and Helena, I mentioned I was gutted when the OA, when the OA got canceled. There's so many great shows that got canceled on Netflix. It's such it's so frustrating to be invested in a show. Even if it's one season, you spend a good 10 hours yeah. investing in something, and then it just gets canceled. It's really frustrating. They keep on saying the
2: OA is not dead. It really? is. Well, it was cancelled by Netflix, but they are still hopeful of doing some with something with it. Every year, the showrunner comes back and said, "Actually, we're not totally." They still are desperate to continue that story.
1: Yeah, because they they had a three season arc, and it was supposed like mm-hmm. I don't know why they got cancelled. They should have allowed them to make the third season. It would have ended the story so beautifully. Yeah, that well, was one of my favorite shows.
3: And then one of the ones that Netflix also cut are was a Mindhunter for me i was yes. like oh that was Ooh. such a good show and season two ends on a good cliffhanger and then i'm
2: just i was gutted when i just was like that's it two season netflix problem was about to get massively more expensive and again the real part of mindhunter the cast in that show was absolutely Amazing. phenomenally good yeah i
0: think that was a combination of um i forget his name um the director who directed um seven seven and david fincher? Uh,
1: fincher. I- yep, fincher
0: yeah i think it was him his schedule trying to get um trying to get him back to to direct and then uh kind of kept getting pushed of off it. but i hope I, from what i hear is it's not completely over they're hoping that, that they'll be Switch. able to get somebody but like the santa cleared clarita diet i'm not much for comedies but that was a pretty good tv mm-hmm. show um i think it was like three seasons, but it just. You know, they can't be that expensive. Some of these shows aren't can be that expensive to make. So
1: also had Slavic mythology. Santa Clara died. Really? Yeah. The Ooh. the 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 main thing about why it's happening, it's taken from Slavic mythology.
2: Interesting. Hmm.
1: And I don't want to talk about it because it's spoilers. Because it's literally yeah. the reason <laughs> why.
0: It was a, I thought it was a funny show. It was lighthearted and and funny, but that was a good one. Uh, Helena mentioned, loved Rings of Power. Surprised many didn't. They gutted when Cavill left Witcher. Yeah. It was a big bummer.
2: It is I, a big bummer. I wish I liked Rings of Power more. I, I've i seen it all. I watched it all. Um, I just wish I liked it more. And, and I'll be no doubt watching the next series when it comes out. But I hate watching some of it. Like, there's no doubt yeah i think like i watched part i
3: had to quit because i i think the casting was terrible in that show uh it's just like i i didn't get invested in any of the actors but the cinematography was top notch i oh I, that i was blown away by i was like holy crap this is amazingly shot this is perfect it's just wow. like you missed the mark in the casting department
1: and the writing <laughs> <icon. laughs> yeah I'm just sad that Henry Cavill is not going to be Superman. That's my oh. one big sad thing. Yeah. Like, so many good things could have been done around him, and they still haven't. And the worst part is they made him announce it, and then two months less than two months, they're like, "Oh no, sorry, that thing which you just announced, we aren't doing that anymore."
3: Yeah, James Gunn just basically axed the DCU
1: and is starting his own new thing. <sighs> which, to be fair to him, it's fine. It's just that it's like you know, there's that expression, "Read the room." Mm -hmm. It's, like, read what the fans want. They've been clamoring for it, like, for the last 10 years. And when he announced it, people were just Mm -hmm. ecstatic about it. And yet, uh, it's like somebody would, you know, who'd kind of be like, oh, Robert Downey Jr., for after the first Iron Man, it didn't make a billion dollars. Let's just cut him off. You know, he's not that good.
2: Yeah. Malice Steel is a film that holds up really well on a rewatch. I've watched it yes. a couple of times in the past couple of years. I didn't particularly like it the first time I have seen it, but I could oh, watch I that film. Difference. I could feel I could watch that film endlessly now. I think it's a really good and the soundtrack is one of my all-time favorite soundtracks of all time. Hans Zimmer, it's incredible. Yeah,
0: that's, that's probably my favorite superhero movie out of the last 15-20 years mm-hmm. is uh, Man of Steel, but and those people who who really hate Snyder's style, and I think he tells, I think he directs movies like we all know what he's trying to do. So sometimes it takes
2: some distance from it to really kind of see what he's trying to do. But yeah, there's a barrier of entry to Snyder films, which you have to invest time and effort into. You know, and you yeah. get your rewards out of it because he is stylistically and artistically doing a lot there. He's not doing the. They paint by numbers that sort of Marvel does, you know, mm-hmm. those scripts are so manicured to kind of be the same thing every time. Whereas I think a lot of those DC films that Snyder was involved with first watches were not very successful, but they are really interesting good movies. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, if I loved Man of Steel. I didn't really like the first Batman or Superman when mm-hmm. it was a recent hitters. I did watch the Joss Whedon's Justin Lee because I was like, I was Pissed off, but then HBO Max they released the Ultimate Edition of the Man of Steel, that is a much better because they there is important parts of the movie which are cut off. One thing I'll say is Zack Snyder does amazing action sequences, not just mm-hmm. like you know, is like because it's not just CGI, but it's like the way he structures them. If you watch them in later repeats, they are brilliant, and even his cinematography in that sense, like Man of Steel is brilliant for that. You know the hues of the background. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is one of my if i if i had a time machine if i could undo something i would be able i was to I would try to undo that henry cavill gets a man of steel too with you know his choice of the director and his choice of a screenwriter yeah
3: speaking of directors can we just talk about christopher nolan being absolute yeah. back crap crazy in oppenheimer and redetonating like a bomb and like using when they make the nuclear bomb in oppenheimer he actually used a real explosion and not cgi I'm like, hmm. holy crap! This guy, like, he hates CGI. I was, like, I went through, I fell down a Reddit hole, and everyone's like pointing out with all these clips of stuff mm. that he's done, and it's just like, this isn't CGI, this isn't CGI, this isn't C- like he rented out an old airplane and actually crashed it because he wanted it to be real. I was like,
1: man, this guy's nuts. He is. He has an even has a no chair rule on his sets, right? You, have you guys heard of that? No. Mm-hmm. No. So on his sets, he has a note, like it was just revealed a couple of years ago, that he's a no chair rule. Like he does not allow people to say, so even as being actors, you have to be in motion, you have to stand. And, you know, he says that it brings a certain energy and it saves money because that people don't get complacent. But yeah, he is, to H's point, a little bit nuts, a little bit more so as well, but he's successful. So he gets to do yeah. what he wants.
3: Oh, And like he his Batman a... movies. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Steve.
0: No, I uh, was just going to say, his. Uh, he does have a few
3: moments in his movies that the audio is really bad. Yeah, there's a couple of moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. No, I was just gonna say like his uh Dark Knight series is probably one of my one of my favorites, and I wish wish Heath would have stayed alive to finish it. And then but I mean even with Tom Hardy as Bane, it still holds up. I
2: still yeah. Okay. It's a good casting that as well. I'm sort yeah. of up and down in Nolan I have to say i find some of his movies a bit one watch once you've watched it once the magic's sort of gone in some mm-hmm. of them uh whereas that seems to be sort of a, like a heinous crime to say that to some people but uh uh but some of them are great like without doubt prestige fabulous you know mm-hmm. following his first film is really interesting as well i really like that as well it's on youtube if anybody wants to watch it yeah it's just kind of a student movie used-
1: he needs new script writers because i think all of his last three movies have been scripted by him and he's mm-hmm. losing the plot a little bit but if he gets somebody else because all of the dark Knight movies were him with somebody else like that's david right. as lawyer if i'm not yeah. wrong that's First right Street that's correct right. yeah. uh, christopher s priest christopher priest book so if he can get somebody to adapt it with him or get something else i think he's fantastic,
0: I need yeah. fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Aaron had a comment. Let's see how Blood Origin does as well. It's an interesting. It was an interesting decision.
3: Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting decision. Is right. It. I hear it's not great. I hear it's terrible, and I hear it, <laughs> and I hear it's a big middle finger to the lore, which pisses um. me off because like. Like I don't want to dive into my Witcher nerdism right now, <laughs> so like I'll just bite my tongue. But yeah, it's if you read the Sapkowski books and deep dig into his lore, it's not really uh, accurate. It seems to be like again they're doing their own thing.
2: Hmm. It's only four episodes though, so you know I'll I'd certainly watch it. Over the drops tomorrow, I think, or Christmas Day, one of those days. Yeah, one of those. Hmm.
0: Uh, Drew I had a question. Did anyone watch the show Smallville? I didn't know if it would hold up but i watched it today and i loved it uh watching it as a kid i've never seen that but I've, i hear that a lot that people really love it
3: i watched um i watched one episode of smallville because i was a big wwe fan growing up and that was uh dave batista's first acting gig <laughs> and i think he crushed it back then and i was like why is this guy getting acting and then i saw him in guardians yeah. of the galaxy so many years later i'm like there he is again like and then now he's
1: on oh, his, he's rise his
3: career yeah now he's finally moving on with his career which good for him and apparently he's just like the nicest guy too. apparently he's super down to earth so can i
1: give a controversial opinion or bad opinion sure i hate it yeah. small, we're I finished from here
2: small. we're we're finished
1: <laughs> well i'll 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 tell you i'll, I'll say why because it was the show about Superman before he was Superman. And so they literally just would do everything else except like Tom Welling, Pretty the main smart. actor. He would do everything else except wear the S on his shirt. And it was like Kryptonite was there. <laughs> Lex Luthor was there. All his villains were there. I'm like, you're making a bloody Superman show. Just call it a Superman. And of course, I understand it because because it was of a the CW. They had the budget, didn't have the budget. But I hated that. And it went out for like a long time. So it, they literally <laughs> came this close to be saying that, you know, oh, he's Superman. But they wouldn't say it so. That's I idea. watched it all,
2: ten series, I think it is. Yeah, it uh, it ticked most boxes for that version and time of my life. It had the really great decision to make Lex Luther and him friends when they were younger. Michael Rosenbaum was amazing in it. It had Kristen Crook for about the first four series, then it had Erica Durance for the next <laughs> six. Uh, I I, I love Smallville. Uh, it was definitely a guilty pleasure. here, like there's no doubt about it. It was. Tom Welling and I think a lot of the young cast were cast because it was sort of soapy. You know, it was not kind of super serious fandom. You know, it was very much retail in that kind of in the CW as he did it at the time. But uh, it got it got good enough, and it got dark enough at, at, by about season three that, that when Lex Luthor started the turn, and you could see the the heat eating away at him, I was like, this is good stuff, though. This is really, really good. So...
3: Mm -hmm. that and supernatural i hear a lot of people talk about Mm. oh supernatural i loved that show growing up i watched every season and then i said you know what i'm gonna restart it again and i can't i'm like how did i like this show it's so bad so i I don't know maybe it's because i'm older maybe it's because the special effects don't hold up from like season one and two but i got to like halfway through season one i was like i can't i was like i can't go i can't do this show anymore like i'll remember it for the nostalgia but that's it (laughs)
0: Hmm. uh our friend paramita's here hello uh paramita has the best questions always Mm -hmm. uh, always has the best questions i'm a little jealous killed it last
2: night for sure
0: (laughs) definitely yeah every time uh elena thank you uh thank you for still doing the friday conversation on christmas eve eve it's great to see a live sci-fi fantasy discussion today. Happy holidays! Well, thank you so much. Thanks for coming by. Um, we, I was a little nervous. I didn't know if anyone would want to come, so I'm thankful all of you wanted to to nerd out still on Christmas yeah. Eve Eve. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Helena. It's very very kind of you. Uh, sorry, hog chat for too many messages just now. No, it's okay. Keep them coming. <laughs> Keep them coming. <laughs> Yeah, definitely not the only ones. No, we, we actually like the comments. Uh, yeah. Sometimes it's hard it, it to catch up, but uh, we will try to get to them all. Um, so we we'll should sure. do our best. Hermit, uh, <laughs> can I complain about Rings of Power again? Uh, too long didn't read. An insult to the legendarium. The writing was awful, in my opinion. Mm.
1: I love yeah. how they that, pretended that Sauron, the actor in the in the show, wasn't Sauron. Like you know, everybody knew it was Sauron. Like they were like, no, 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 this is not Sauron. Keep watching, keep watching. It's not Sauron. But oh, that's yeah. So yeah,
0: yeah, I I I didn't watch any. I've I heard some episodes being played in another room, and I was like, there's no way I'm watching that. That's enough. I I can't do it. But I'm I, I'm not a big Lord of the Rings guy anyway, so it was it never really interests me. So. Mm. Uh, i might watch Wheel of time season two but not rings of power season two i didn't see wheel of Time. have did you guys watch Wheel of time
3: yeah unfortunately that's some hours i won't get back
1: i'm not a big wheel of time fan so like uh i didn't really you know it didn't bother me that much but i but i've heard from people who are like huge wheel of time fans why it bothers them and i can see that like it's again they've changed tweak the lore or the main character arc somewhere again to, you know, like similar to what you just said earlier for Richard elevated a character who was like a minor character in the books mm. for no reason. And I'll watch season two as well, but I don't have high hope from the show. I wish they had diverted some of the budget from rings of power to wheel of time, because they needed that money over there. It, did. Mm-hmm. It, did.
2: it looked cheap in places. It definitely did. Uh, the, the big problem for me, the time for me, and like, I'm not the massive wheel of time fan that, uh, that other people are when you don't get the essence of what the book is about and you change the actual essence of it so for instance like wheel of time is very much the young boy chosen one trope so your press premise at the start of the thing is oh we don't know who the chosen one is it could be one of four and you never actually, by the end of the whole season, get the point to actually show why this person is very clearly the chosen one. You kind of still murky those waters. You need to pay off for that at some stage. If you've got 10 episodes of a show or 8 episodes of a show, whatever it was, you've got to pay that off in some way and mm-hmm. kind of show. And the book does it. The book, you know, has you thinking, oh, maybe he isn't, maybe he isn't. By the end of the first book, it's like, oh, no. It's very clear that the, that there's very big differences here. But, uh <sighs> I am so disappointed that last episode, and it's mostly the last episode. I have to say, it just dropped the ball so badly, and she so, the lower so badly that no, didn't work.
1: So, I know what you mean. Sorry, go my
3: on. my question to, to everyone here is: since we're talking about, I think earlier uh, we said, oh, there's not a lot of fantasy movies and TV shows, more so sci-fi. Who would be like your if one wish list, like the like head executive from Prime or Netflix, mm-hmm. comes to your door and says, hey? What book should we adapt? Which which is the book you're picking? And, and I guess why? Mm, great question. Who wants to go first? I would say The Witcher, but it's been done and I don't like how it's been done, so <laughs> I don't have a lot of faith.
1: I um, have many things in my head, but they're all like less popular shows. I mean, less popular books, but they would be adapted really well. So I'll go but,
2: but, 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 but I think that's where my head goes as well because... The expectations for something like, like Miss Mourns going to be made here not too far away. The expectations for that, and I expect it will be done very well, will be so high that it'll be an unrealistic expectation or get an awful lot of hate beforehand. Whereas if you pick a really good story, like about, my answer to this is usually the Tidechide trilogy by R.J. Barker, right? Mm-hmm. I think visually as a TV series, it could be fabulous because it's got really interesting characters. And if we get the casting right, the thing will take care of itself. Plus it has that mm-hmm. sea dragon thing going on. You know, it completely work or even something like The War Eternal by Rob J. Hayes. I know have mentioned this quite, quite a lot on here as well, but again, a really interesting central character that kind of the whole show revolves around, I think could be done really, really well. It doesn't have to be really a massively established IP to make it work.
0: Hmm. Uh, I have a lot of books on my mind, a lot of books I'd like to see adapted, like um, Ash and Sand. Yes. I'd love to see Manifest Illusions. It'll never happen, but... Yeah. Uh, so, uh, I mean, you know, there's a lot of series in my head that i think would i would love to see on screen but i think the one that would i think is a slam dunk successful i'm not even a big fan but the first law trilogy would be Mm -hmm. it would kill it i mean i'm not a big fan of it but it's it's just begging to be adapted i think it'd be a slam dunk
1: hit if done right Mm -hmm. i would say yeah similar to what you know steve said um first law just because it's one of the easiest shows, and it's not that expensive, so it can be made, and it will be done well. Um, in my mind, like, you know, to, again, what Chris just said, the lesser-known books, uh, actually, I would say, you know, Steve, Ash and Sand would make a fantastic adaptation. They just need to cast Ruka right. Like, they need to write and, you know, get an actor who, who looks bulky or who can be made look to look bulky, but not, like, you know, Marvel bulky, just get him scary bulky. And, you know, if that done right, Ash and Sand would do well have you um uh, i'm trying to think there's a series called uh other land or other world uh by tad williams, williams yes whichever i love that show it's like lost meets how do put it westworld before westworld was written or mm. westworld was written. it's 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 really good it's four seasons only it would do really well um to think of what else would be a good show there's oh um there is a book series which I really love called it's by Sarah Ash called The Tears of Artemon. It's uh, it's kind of like if Alexander the Great fought Dracula in in a land where magic and science were also, you know, it's like medieval uh, 18th century Europe where gunpowder has just been discovered. Mm-hmm. And of course it's the clash between magic and science with the background of angels and stuff like that. So oh, and never die by Rob J. Hayes. That would make a fantastic movie. <laughs> uh,
2: as well as another great great one as well but it's it's so thematic it's never the same genre book to book so that it, it kind of makes it maybe a bit tougher to, to do but the stuff that happens and that's amazing
1: i think someone mentioned books of babel by josiah bancroft mm-hmm. in the comments that would make a fantastic tv show too again need to cast the right people need to cast the right writers but it, if done well it is going to be super
0: yeah. House of Leaves would be a great adaptation if they would. I think that that would need to be like a, a long series. I think it would take like three or four seasons to tell that story, but it would be great if they did it right. If they made it like a mystery, or if they told it like it, you would read it, reading the appendix, I think it could be, really, really good.
1: Has anybody read first binding? Oh, oh, by Verding, No. Oh. Yeah. No that would be that could make a very exciting tv show as well like multiple seasons multiple books it it has lore it has you know it's set in like it's not the typical european one it's Mm -hmm. you know mediterranean europe south asia silk punk road it has got like it has it can be made exciting at least i feel so
2: yeah i think zami laktar's books would probably work very well as well Especially that I've read mm-hmm. Lightblade and it's very oh. matrix like, but you know, exciting. You know, there's definitely stuff you I can see the end of every episode, if you know what I mean. About I think of something like Lightblade, you know, I can just see the beats happening yeah. episode by episode as it goes along. Cool mm-hmm.
0: What well, about you, AJ? What comes to your mind?
2: You so, other than, the Witcher?
3: other than the Witcher, I mean, I'm a little biased, I'd like to see my own on the screen at some point, <laughs> but you gotta say it, you gotta put it out there, you know, yeah, I gotta yeah. Say it. yeah, uh. Honestly, I would really love to see Poppy War as a hmm. as an adaptation. Oh, Poppy War, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I love those books. It was like, oh, man, I really like it. Um so I would really like to see that. Um I got I finished partway through uh Richard Nell's um Ash and Sand trilogy. Mm-hmm. And I loved it. It It's just, I haven't got back to finish the series. So again, that's something I agree with you. And there's one more that was on tip of my tongue, but I can't think of it. I can picture the cover, but I can't. Oh, that's that's going to bother. It it was very minimalist with like red and blacks. I know that's not helpful, but (laughs) I, I see it in my bookstore. Every time I go, I'm like, that was such a good book here. Actually, hold on. I might go look at my bookshelf. Yeah by well, the way
2: we we guess what the book is so. <laughs> black. Yeah, maybe never, should... never night is what I'm going for never night
1: oh that's actually a good guess. <laughs> he's back Let's see he's yeah
3: back. I can't believe I didn't remember this uh berserk, it's a manga, but oh. Oh. A, a good live action berserk would be amazing. Are I... you reading that next month? yeah, yeah. I'm excited for that yeah.
0: um I think um. Oh, uh, Holly Tinsley's series, of Vanguard Chronicles*, would be would be a cheap, yes, uh, adaptation. It's low,
3: uh, kind of low fantasy. Would be, yeah, good. yeah. I think hers would be amazing. Um, to shout out some indie authors, uh, I think Sean Crow's *Godless Lands* or Valhalla Steel would be both be very good adaptations. And then, I would love to see Ryan Cahill's *The Bound and the Broken* series adapted as well,
2: if done right. I mean. It's another one where you can see the beats of every episode. I, yeah. I think as you're kind of going through 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 the book, I think that they kind of jump out as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brandy commented, "I would I would want anything from the realm
0: of the underlings, especially Mad Ship traders a Bone Shard's daughter. That would be really cool. Mm-hmm. Or Life Ship traders. Anything Hob.
1: Okay.
2: Would I, I would love to see somebody take a run at Hob adaptations because I think the character work would be so." great to watch you know seeing like okay it'll be depressing it'll be it'll be hard to watch but again that will also make it that's an identity that that series has and i think it'll be the same identity on the screen that you kind of know oh i can't stop watching what happens to your character here because it's hard to watch but also kind of brilliantly written Mm.
0: Uh, astro keep comments the secret of adaptations for me is that should be done via animation and not real life yeah
1: it will be Less costly, that's for sure. Yeah, Perfect,
0: yeah um Yeah. Prior to the commented, after watching Dune Part One, I would say the Left Hand of Darkness by Urs- Ursula Ashley K. Le Guin, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. by the same maker, uh, because they are one of the rare ones who actually read the book. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, Villeneuve is. Then uh, he's
1: Villeneuve. next level. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. he is brilliant.
0: Have any of you seen Enemy?
1: The I have. I villain? love it. I Love that movie. Enemy, Prisoner, Sicario—all of his films are just amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm.
2: The best one is On Sunday, though. It's unreal. What a great movie, what On Sunday, On Sunday. You call it? It's, it's it's. Is it his first? I think it might be his first. It's absolutely. He, he'll make movies the rest of his life, and he'd never get the emotional levels of 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 that book. It is incredible filmmaking. Hmm. Even what's even ahead? Polytechnic that he did about the, um, the the shooting in in the tech in uh, Montreal is really Incendies. really affecting. Oh
1: yeah, okay. I love his arrival as well. He that that's the one that talked about. But that's that's possibly one of the most best adaptations of sci-fi stories ever done. For sure. Hmm. That he,
2: movie, he, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say he, he just gets visually what's appealing. You know what will work on screen and what won't work. You know the, the kind of the bits the Show and the bit's not the show. I think that's the bit that, that he really has a talent for. Mm-hmm.
0: Prisoners is great too.
3: Yeah, I love that show. That's a good movie. Sure. I think again, Hugh Jackman absolutely crushes it in that movie.
0: He really steals the show in that one. Um, he, I think, I kind of not that I didn't take him seriously, but his performance in that movie was he moved up uh, a level in my in my mind. But
3: yeah. yeah. One person, we I was just talking about this with a friend of mine. One person who really, really stepped up as an actor that I didn't think would ever be a good actor in the role he was was uh, Brian Cranston in Breaking Bad. Hmm. You know, I knew him as Hal and Malcolm in the Middle. I'm like, mm-hmm. how is that goofy guy gonna be like this serious? And then he just absolutely crushed. And I'm like, holy crap! Like the dude's got range. I, I would love to be in the writers' room
0: for Breaking Bad and for Better Call Saul. I mean, because those writers are just, I mean, next level. Mm-hmm. The stuff they're doing.
1: Vince Gilligan is coming out with a sci-fi show next, so that'll be interesting. Ooh, with Rhea Sihon. Rhea Sihon is going to be his the main character for the sci-fi show. It's already got, I think, it's greenlit for two seasons by Apple TV, so hmm. something for us to cheer about. I mean,
2: great writing in, in Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul, but again, the casting for that show is on another level like that don't mess with anybody like jonathan franks and stuff is Mike it's just ridiculously good Mm.
0: i think the level of writing and direction and everything in that series really brings everybody up a level
2: yeah that does yeah just brings everyone up it also changes what people consider to be primetime tv you know the the amount of the episodes in Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul where it's kind of nothing happens, and it's just kind of like fifteen minutes of them just walking about the office or cleaning the tank in Breaking Bad with the fly, and oh, that episode's just insanely good. Like, just how to create drama and tension by doing nothing or doing the mundane brilliant.
0: When that when that episode was uh, was released, we were watching live, and I hated that episode I wanted I, I wanted something to happen, but on the on the rewatch. It was. I mean, it's so good. It's oh,
2: amazing.
3: And uh, I we, we've tossed around the first law a little bit, and I just I had a question burning my mind. Who would be the person to play Glotka? Because I think he's he would be the character to steal the show. For me, hands down, it would have to be Christoph Waltz, who played uh, Hans ooh, Landa, ooh.
0: In yeah, in yeah.
1: Masters. I think he would absolutely crush that role. He would wouldn't be a little bit older though because like I think Glotka is in his thirties, right? In the books. I mean, I, I just nitpicking. Oh, could, be. Watching, could be, yeah, right. But like he would, he, he's a fantastic actor in general. So he would. The tougher question yeah. is who would be Glo- who would be Logan? Yeah, right? Logan would be the tough one because you have to have him in his you know his Logan state, but then you also have to have him seen be seen as bloody nine, and he would have to be convincing as bloody nine. I think maybe Hugh Jackman would surprise us all if he did that because mm-hmm. you know, knowing Hugh Jackman, he the guy can act, but he's too popular. I think it I would mean,
3: take some some makeup though to make him ugly. I mean, a guy who talking. I think would I don't know Logan is a, a bigger guy. if My memory serves me right. Like he's like a barbarian, a guy who I, I who I've reserved for my own fan casting on my book, but. Uh, <laughs> Would be a John Bernthal who did the Punisher. Because mm-hmm. he would, I think he would absolutely, he can put on that barbaric. Have you ever seen the pilgrimage where he's the, 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 yeah, he can just put on that mean mug face and he's kind of got a, like a battered face. Looks like he's been in a few fights in his life. I think he could easily be that. But he's, I think he's only like 5'10. So he's not a very big guy.
0: I think that'd be, I think Christoph Walsh would be a great choice for, um, what's, I forget his name. um glotka he's the for those of you who don't know he's the actor that was in inglorious bastards and django unchained
2: Mm -hmm. i would go for this is a bit off i go for ed norton for glotka
1: Ooh, yes extremely good actor
2: yeah yeah i think he's got enough range and and could really get in and sell that character and thinking about people that could do it hasn't been in Films or otherwise reboot your career and a very serious role that could take off. I think Edward Norton, yeah, Edward Norton, Norton.
3: that'd be a good one. And he approaches every role with such dedication because you listen to him do an interview, and the like, he's almost like that Leo type dedication, like he had for Revenant.
2: Like Edward Norton just throws himself into the role. But I even think I'm something like American History X, a a role that he really Mm -hmm. isn't really built for, but actually throws himself in that whole heart again like completely pulls it off
3: mm-hmm.
0: or Sword of kagan
1: haven't read that one but i haven't read it either that would work extremely well as like a tv show a single season tv show because you know you would have you know masuki in, in various parts of her life that would be excellent very hard to adapt though very 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 hard to adapt but if done would be amazing
0: uh, Drew Cummings, I think the Winter Night trilogy could be a great ad- adaptation. Invisible Life of Addie LaRue,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I think it would be a hit. Yeah, a good Dresden adaptation would be amazing. Uh, you know, what I think would be speaking of Invisible Life of Addie LaRue. I think uh, another one of Schwab's series
2: was it um, Vicious or uh, yeah, um, Vicious and uh um, darker Shit of magic. The the other series, the sequel to
1: Issues, right? The superhero. Yeah, Yeah, I think
0: that that is written very visually. Um, (laughs) I think that would be a great, it'd be an easy adaptation.
2: Oh man, if they could pull Dresden off though, Dresden gets so good. Like, uh, uh, some of the things that happen in Dresden. Will just people will just talk about for, for years, you know. If that happened on TV, they would just mm-hmm. be like, Oh man, what? How can you go there?
0: Uh, Drew mentions the Faithful and the Fallen, mm-hmm.
1: John Gwynn, right? Yeah, yeah
0: mm-hmm. indeed. Uh, is hitting us with a question. <laughs> the <on. wish> goes. <laughs> everyone, everyone <laughs> prepared. A uh, question for the panel which book series. Do you think is impossible to adapt from text to an audiovisual medium? Ooh. I have one in mind, but I'll let you guys go first.
1: Impossible to adapt. Impossible to adapt. Impossible. That's a very good question. Great question, Paramita. Impossible to adapt. I think anything's
3: almost impossible if you if you get like you just you'd have to think outside the box for a lot of the stuff. But just yeah, I'm trying to think. That doesn't answer the question, I know. But I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to think of one as I, as I get my wheels turning upstairs. Just think with the with the best writers, best everything.
1: What could not be adapted? I mean, there's enough evidence oh. to suggest that this world will never be adapted well. I would say the Mahabharata. It's not. It's not. Mm. It's, it's 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 an Indian epic. So you might not have heard about it. Paramita, I believe, will know about it. But the mahabharata in my opinion is almost impossible to. it's the world's longest epic it is chock-a-block with characters so good characters do bad things bad characters do good things and it's like you know very hard to kind of get the moral compass about all that it has magical battles it has space battles it has demons it has different races it has everything in it that for me is the one tv and i and i certainly hope that it one day it can be adapted into a tv series or something like that but it would be impossible to adapt but of course it's my opinion, so I'm going to shut up now. <laughs> oh, I got
3: I got an idea. I just got to Google what the hell it's called. Oh,
0: Chris, what, what's on your mind? What do you think is impossible to adapt? I really don't
2: know. See, it's usually something that's very heavily internal monologue, but like was suggested earlier on, something that is almost... All the juicinesses and that, that stuff very hard to do. But I can't think what it would be.
0: I think something like Gunmetal Gods would be really hard.
3: Mm-hmm. I was gonna say uh, like it's it's not a book or a series. I was gonna say The Call of Cthulhu by Lovecraft. I think that would Ooh. be a very tough one because it's all narrated by a guy saying, "I I interviewed these people and this is what they told me." I think that would be a very hard adaptation unless you like remove that narrator and just made it one fictional central character about mm-hmm. it. Then then it could work. But to be like a pure Puritan adaptation, I don't think I could see that work.
1: Also, Second Apocalypse by R. Scott Backer. That would be next to impossible because there's too much darkness. There's too much Mm. sexual violence. And uh, the creature effects, which he's describing in the books, it would be like the budget would be blown away, I think. To my mind, I think that's next to impossible. Mm. Steve, (laughs) what did you have in your mind? Yeah.
0: Uh, I was thinking manifest delusions, or um, I think I would love to see it adapted, but I don't know that'd be that'd be tough because that would be really really dark. That and Gunmetal Gods is the first two that came to my mind.
1: Yeah, the Gunmetal Gods has the scene with with yeah, around the twenty five percent. Yeah, horses. I don't know how they could do it and not set off people firing them emails about. All sorts of cruelty. Oh yeah. Uh,
0: I'll go. Book of of the New Sun by Gene Wolfe.
2: I hear that's a that's a difficult enough book to, series to read. Never mind. <laughs> Adapt. And uh, Bo is here. Even thanks for coming by, Bo. It's it's okay if you're late. What about Malazan? For those that have read Malazan, is Malazan adaptable? Yeah, I see that comment.
3: Yeah, I'm I'm scared of Malazan, so I have no opinion of it. I have never read no, it. So. Since it so.
0: I've I've kind of gotten the impression that no one's said this explicitly, but I've gotten the impression talking to uh, to AP and to Erickson that it's at least been discussed. Mm. So the, I think that there's like um, there, I don't know if that's ongoing, but there's been conversations mm. about how to adapt it. I think it could be done. I think it'd be done. It it would have to be like a ten season series though. Ooh. I'm only halfway through the books, so I was but, yeah. Say. Yeah. Uh,
2: but Tom Hardy for Bloody Nine was a was, was a good show by Drew yeah. as well. I was, I, li-
3: uh, I like Michael Sarah for
2: Glotka. I think he- <laughs> <laughs> I could see it though. Yeah. <laughs> Jason <laughs> Bateman could do it as well. That's another guy that could probably fill it off as well. Mm-hmm but uh, I Hear for All Mankind is terrific. Mm-hmm. I've seen the first three or four episodes, just I need to get back to it.
0: That's about the moon landing, right?
2: It It is, so it's a twist on an alternative yeah. reality of the moon
1: landing. All history. It's good yeah. from what I've heard. Yeah. It's Apple funny. TV has some really good shows. Uh, I need to get it. But There's also Slow Horses, which I need to watch because I've read the books and I love the books. Oh, it's brilliant!
2: It is so brilliant.
1: I know, I need, I, need, I need to get it, but I, I'm, I'm waiting for the third season of Ted Lasso. So then when I get that, I'll just yeah, watch all yeah, cool. of other shows as well.
2: Severance is amazing as well. That's from this year. Also, really terrific.
0: Uh, Helena mentions maybe not impossible, but very tricky. I see Slaughterhouse Five.
2: Finn. Mm-hmm. Another one I need to read. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Uh, Aaron had a good comment. Uh, the adapted Carrie, and that's a series of interviews.
3: Yeah, didn't they make a uh, Carrie like? Didn't they make a central character for that though? Or I've never read Carrie, so I'm speculating how they did it. If you just Puritan,
1: yeah, they just showed it from Carrie's perspective.
3: Yeah, okay, yeah, that's what I thought. That's what you'd have to do for Call of Cthulhu too, I think. Yeah, you'd you'd have to make one central character and then show it from their perspective. You couldn't do a true adaptation mm-hmm.
0: mm. spoilers for spoilers for a 50 year old book 50.
1: Hey, Chad. Hey, Chad. <laughs> <for coming> by.
0: <laughs> and carl uh loves yes. full horses another man of culture
3: one like i'm a history nerd and like one thing i would love to see adapted is a good proper uh iliad and odyssey Mm. adaptation i would love that so so much i i I have both the books on my shelf i would love it but i think it's just it's so dense and it's
2: it doesn't have the widespread appeal and
3: that's the thing yeah for the money it would cost you know that's the thing it would be an expensive series as well and then you have to do two series, one for the Iliad, one for the Odyssey.
2: Yep. Yeah.
0: And Drew unfortunately has to go, but we'll watch the replay for the rest. Have a good night, everyone. Happy holidays. Thank yes, you. happy holidays. Uh, Parametha has a great question. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even read it yet, I can already tell. Uh, while there is a lot good and necessary discussion about diversity in cast and crew, the IP... Them- the ips themselves being adapted barring kindred are legend are largely not diverse thoughts
2: mm-hmm. so that's literally about the types of books and the, the genesis of the book itself rather than anything to do with the casting
0: um
3: like if we're talking diversity and cast i don't know like what's ips i, I
2: i'm a little intellectual property so this, okay. she's
1: talking about like the the book series which are being adapted. so it's like yeah, white, okay.
2: white male, males of a certain age I think is but most of the the IPs that we've been talking about kind of come from you know even if you yeah. talk about Sapkowski or
1: cocaine or you know, I think whatever. she's I think it's mostly because like the most of the IPs that are being adapted are mostly set in medieval Europe it's like forgetting that's who true. the that's author true. is if it's set in medieval Europe it's the that's what the book series was you know like set in in mostly european-like characters mm-hmm. that's a very good question paramita yeah i'm
3: mm-hmm. gonna i'll take a stab at the first half of the question which is the d- discussion about the diversity of casting um i i have a problem with it when it comes to reality like there's a show on netflix it's about vikings and there's uh a, i think a viking girl from north africa and i'm like i don't think think again i'm not a huge history nurse so if anyone actually knows the history and reference me maybe i'm just ignorant absolutely correct me but i don't think that and I, I, that takes me out of the show but stuff when it's fiction like uh like with the witcher it didn't really bother me that much mm-hmm. when it was characters who i didn't have a preconceived notion of but i think uh with house house of the dragon it it it, it bothers me especially with the the valyrians and i think the only reason it bothers me is because it wasn't pre-established in game of thrones back then so my mind being a writer is like, Oh, what is there some kind of cataclysm that happens to anyone that's not white? Because in game of Thrones, there was
2: really hardly any other people like that. Maybe that's season three of house of the dragon though. Maybe that's exactly what what it's about. It could be, (laughs) it could be. I, I, again, I don't
3: know. So like, there's stuff like that. It bothers me, but like with fiction, I think if you, if you do it right from the start, it's fine. But if you try and like introduce it and like, as the, you know, with shows that have lasted before this became an actual focal point in the discussion, I think it's
2: it just throws you, throws people off.
0: Hmm.
2: I think the conversation came up obviously mainly around rings of power, and I think the biggest problem mm-hmm. with that is, especially with Lenny Henry character, he wasn't a very good character, and he wasn't pretty, particularly well acted, which was a bigger problem than necessarily the ethnicity of the character himself. So that's true.
3: Yeah, I think that should be the determining factor for casting is the actor's ability and I think understanding of the role yeah. rather than what they look like to an extent, I guess.
1: Also, what's tricky is that, you know, Tolkien wrote The Lord of the Rings from, Anglo- from an Anglo-Saxon perspective, right? Mm-hmm. That's the tricky part because he wrote it as for like a mythology for the British people who perhaps, you know, of course had the mythology but didn't really have that great... Uh maybe what could they and Paramita this is really an excellent question. Maybe what they could do is they could hire they could just maybe adapt shows but it completely. like to, to to you know to AJ's point. Like if they really wanted, like if George R. R. Martin really wanted it to be exciting, maybe he should have made the entire Targaryens sort or of people who came from Valeria to have you know colored eyes and a different skin color entirely. Like he mm-hmm. could have done that, and it's a fantasy world, so it could happen, right? and then mm-hmm. everybody could be of a, of a different race color like I, mm-hmm. I think if I'm not wrong that's what uh in Malazan Steven Erickson does right uh who's the big guy with the sword uh Steve you know the, no not Karsa uh the other guy the other the, who are like the dark elves the dark elves but I'm forgetting he's on the cover of uh why am I forgetting his name he's he's the big guy with the sword like you know who who is dark skin and uh, why am I forgetting his name dear God this is what happens when person like who doesn't th- like those like 700 characters <laughs> i know but it's like it's he's one of the main ones he's he's uh, one of the big ones with a big sword and he's really cool and he has white hair he's dark-skinned hmm. oh. yeah <laughs> I like no, it's, it's, i'm he's in the gardens of the moon's cover it's Oh, geez, Why? What's his name? Oh, dear God. Can you share uh, this, Steve? Or can I share this with you? Or Yeah. Am I allowed to share on, on when I'm... Uh,
0: you might be able to.
1: Let's see if I can share. Present nope, I cannot. Oh, I can present. Let's see. Uh, oh, share a screen. Yeah, uh-huh. try that.
2: Well, this is exciting <laughs> i don't know what we're gonna see here tell me here
1: <laughs> uh should we, should let's see worried? let's see this one might just work <laughs> are you all able to see this
0: mm, yeah hold on one second let me, let me share it, ah, there you go. it.
1: Mm. who's this character I in in malazan I
0: forget who that is to be perfectly honest
1: but you know who I'm talking about, right? He's like he he he's not Karsa. He comes along at the end of Malasan Book One and you know he's it's kind of like the the Dark Elves from like RA Salvatore. He has this big sword, he you know, his sword is this big magical thing, and it's really cool and stuff like that. So like I wish he had done something like that. But I see Paramita's point. Like in my mind, I often imagine a lot of fantasy <laughs> TV shows with one or two characters being from like, you know, someone from Iran or somewhere from you know, like, oh, uh, you know, I, uh, one of the shows which I really wish was adapted, like, you know, the Empire Trilogy by Jani Wirtz mm-hmm. and uh, Ray Limitized. Feist. I imagine the cast to be entirely East Asian because in that yes. world, everybody is like, you know, from like like East Asia. Like, you know, mm-hmm. there, there, there's like, you know, and you can adapt. You can think of people like from Thailand, be from China, be from Korea, be from Japan. But the world entirely is East Asian. That is like something which I would feel like would really adapt, like, could get adapted really well.
2: I think the casting of Mara and that is going to be especially interesting because if those TV shows take off, that person will be an enormous star, you know, mm-hmm. in, in terms of being a center part part of a, of a show like that. But I agree, they, they, It's Asian inspired. Uh, do you think part of the problem there though is that, and I could be wrong about this, obviously, uh, that a lot of the publishing houses are very much based in in the Western world, you know, the ones yeah. that, we, that we generally reach from. So actually, the Source of the books isn't getting pa- from their origin place uh, to to that, and as we know, publishing houses aren't necessarily taking much of a risk on things uh, that fall outside a certain a certain region. That's that was one thing I really didn't
3: like about The Witcher too is that you have all these great Slavic monsters from Slavic mythology, and they've kind of just taken the ones that people know hmm. and ignored. The only one the exception would I think would be like the Striga in season one, which was a Slavic monster. So I think, and yeah, I think just what Chris said, they just, they want to, it's a safer bet to do it like that, mm. to keep the stuff everyone knows. But.
0: And here, uh, you already mentioned, but Adam Rake is a, mm. yeah. So there's in that chat. Nice one. Uh, well, I, I think as far as diversity and in, in cast and crew, I think the bigger question is, why don't we have diversity in IPs?
3: That is, Yeah. I was trying to think of that as I was going on about that, the cast.
0: I think that's what's more important, is is telling these stories from people uh from different perspectives. And and I get it's risky, it's you know, it's we talked about, about them being risk averse, but they can take the amount of money they spend on Reason Power and they can they can make ten different series mm-hmm. from other people from different backgrounds, different cultures, they can make all these different stories. So that I think is a bigger problem is let's tell I this tell these stories from people who come from these different perspectives if that's really what we want then let's let's get that those perspectives those stories told
3: I think the problem with that is that again we've kind of mentioned with it is that they are looking for slam dunks mm-hmm. they're looking for the series that have been established the bestsellers the New York Times bestsellers and to do that they're going back to the early 2000s 90s 80s when fantasy was very much a boys club yeah. now. Now, you know, with we get we're getting a lot more female authors and a lot more uh, authors from uh minority backgrounds coming up. So I think we'll we will see that eventually. I just think it'll take unfortunately a little while until those series become slam dunks and become bestsellers that a studio is like, oh, they see the cha-ching, the dollar signs in their
2: eyes. Yeah. This this isn't just a fantasy problem either. This is, I mean, you can go to crime, you can go to pretty much any genre of TV that you can think of. It's still not very diverse and actually you know celebrating and, and giving those people the opportunity uh to present the stories on screen is is extremely important mm-hmm.
0: i mean uh, i think we you mentioned the uh, mbh earlier just imagine converted imagine adapting sons of darkness i mean a story like that would be you know th- those are the kind of st- so you can take so i think rings of power maybe broke even we could only speculate but if they, took, if they took a risk in tef- 10 different IPs, one of them will take off.
3: Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. I think that's that used to be Netflix's uh, ideology, right? Grab a bunch of darts and throw it at the board and see which one stick. sticks. Sticks. Yep. Yeah. And I think it'd be nice if they did that, and then they actually had a selection pool that wasn't just white men. Mm-hmm. And they had a pool of everyone.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah uh era mentioned the vikings likely did hit the north american coast but how many of those peoples were uh, absorbed in their their culture don't know
3: yeah so like uh, i know they hit the north african coast it's just like in the one show it's a jarl, so like the leaders like could someone elevate elevate that society that was not typically born i don't think so but again i'm not a historian so
1: i think um Michael Crichton wrote a book like this. It's been adapted into the movie Thirteenth Warriors starring Antonio Banderas, but that was like from a that was a perspective that an Arab warrior who goes to you know the Vikings and records his tale, which mm-hmm. kind of is set in like somewhat historical thing, but like in to, to your point, AJ, like you know, it's very like he doesn't really become accepted by them. He just records what he sees over there. Mm-hmm. So yeah. the
0: uh, eaters of the dead, is that the
1: Yes, Eaters of the Dead, it's a book. And then The 13th Warrior is the movie, if I'm not wrong.
0: Yeah, it's a good movie. I mm-hmm.
1: enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh,
0: Helena mentions, the more diverse the actors and stories, the better for me, as it's great to see the influence of different cultures and increased representation.
3: Yeah.
0: Well, also, please uh, please may may check any good recommendations for horror fantasy, please. Perhaps Does That
1: sure. sound really horror, right?
0: I'm not sure. Uh, uh, horror fantasy, so I think probably darker
1: horror uh, fantasy. Oh, there's one author who does really good horror fantasy. Oh, Itelas, maybe.
2: Not my area of strength, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Like the, that uh, Stephen King's the, the be all and end all as far as horror goes, and things that I re- that I read. I'm looking at Gorman Gas now because uh, I'm
0: curious. Uh, fan- uh fantasy fiction gothic
1: so I, I found think just like the darker fantasy so there's this book called heaven's needle it is a way older book uh it's by this lady named leanne Mercier. it is superb horror fantasy and when i say horror fantasy it's not dark fantasy it has aspects of horror set in a fantastical world combined really well um mm-hmm. that uh, it's it's one of the series which I really like, but the author somehow the publishers dropped it after book two, which was uh, Needle. Uh, what was name again? Heaven's Needle is book two, and book one was I think River King's Road, which is they're they're pretty different from each other. River King's Road is more of like a, a sword and sorcery book, but then the River King's, Heaven's Needle is. Horror fantasy. I've been looking for actually horror fantasy. I don't think there's a lot of horror fantasy around.
2: Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think what it would look like you know what I mean? <laughs> because the horror genre is its own very specific thing. Um,
1: it would be cool though, you know. Just imagine, yeah, yeah. like something like an alien in in or like Predator in the fantasy world.
0: What is that? Uh, that novella was it Giles Christensen?
2: I think that's supposed to be like oh, fantasy horror, right? Yes. Um the guy who did Hel- Lancelot and stuff, but it's the uh, one he didn't. Hellmouth? Hell, that's exactly the one. Yeah. yeah. It's like a novella yeah. thing, isn't it? Yeah.
1: Heard of that though. I
0: haven't read it, but it's on my it's on my Kindle waiting to be read. Hellmouth, by yeah. uh Giles Christensen. I heard that was fantasy horror. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh. I well, wanna check it out then.
0: It's only fifty pages long, but I hear it's really good.
1: Mm-hmm. It Held's mouth?
0: Hellmouth?
2: Hellmouth. I was going to say, does, uh, does, Buff- does Buffy qualify then as horror fantasy? <laughs> <It> must <laughs> do, sure. <laughs> must, yeah. Oh, Giles
1: Christian. Mm. Ooh, interesting. He did a really good... Uh... AJ, this is for you, maybe. Yeah. I think Giles Christian really did like a, a fantasy series based on the Odyssey.
3: Ooh.
1: yeah he if i'm not because that rain re- that name is very familiar to me and, and i might be wrong but let me just check before i tell you something
3: merry christmas to me yeah. <laughs> <I'm gonna> go.
1: <laughs> okay maybe he did that but I, I i i'm thinking of somebody else there is another author who did like a five book series based on the odyssey i'll try to dm it to you who okay. when i find it who it was because i felt like it was Charles Christian, but now maybe it's not him, it's somebody whose name is very similar, but no, it's not it. Sorry, my apologies.
3: No worries.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, uh Gormagas is not really horror. Uh, Perdido Street Station, The Scar by China Maville. Uh, M. Begaris
1: by Jeff. Yeah, they're, Vandermeer. Not, uh, they're not really horror, they're all weird fiction, like they have yeah. aspects of weird things, but they're not like horror. horror. Mm-hmm. I've read Edge City by K.J. Bishop as well. Again, they're all weird fiction. Heaven's Needle is the only one I can think of right now.
2: Hmm. Hmm. They're they're adapting the three-body problem. That'll be another one that'll be interesting to see how the adaptation of that goes. I think that's quite hard to adapt, but we shall see.
1: And it's done by by the guys who did uh, Game of Thrones, if I'm not wrong.
2: I think you're right.
0: I think
1: you're right. Yeah.
2: Uh,
0: Eddie Castro commented,
1: Imagica "Imagica," by
0: Clive Barker." I wouldn't try
1: that one. Oh yeah, Clive Barker. But again, I think that's fantasy. That's I don't know. Maybe I could be wrong. I don't think that's quite horror.
0: That's the hard part is um, getting finding that. The books that are the stories that kind of hit all those, all those, you know, kind of hit all those uh, goal posts. Mm. Well, Image uh, Image jaka by Clive Barker has a 4.1 on Goodreads with 22,000 ratings. Mm. So pretty good. Nice.
1: Oh, Shab. Yes. i got a prayer. Uh, Gareth Handrahan. Horror Elements. Yep. Because it's, it, it it's it's also a little bit I don't want to call it it's not steampunk, but it's like a weird punk element to it like I don't want to call it diesel punk or what, but it's like very weird. it's a good series though Gareth handerhands uh, three books out.
0: Hmm. Uh, uh, we even World by Clive Barker would also be great, Permethetha mentioned. Ah uh, Shada, good fantasy with horror elements is gutter play gutter prayer. Mm-hmm. So many books to read. It's hard. To read. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly every, are. every week, I add more books either to my card or to my to uh-huh. be read.
1: It's like if you could stop time and then just grab all the books and start reading, it would be amazing, right?
0: That's the hard part, yeah.
2: It's like people sometimes say to me, you know, when you buy lots of stuff like that and they go, well, why do you buy stuff that you'll never have time to read? And it says, no, but the plan is that I want to have read them all. Like the, so I'm not just buying them for them to sit in the shelf. Like I desperately, if you give me one of those like matrix things to plug in, I me, mean, let me just read it very quickly. That would be mm-hmm. ideal.
0: You know? Mm-hmm. And uh, AJ recently had a, a uh, sale in your book how, did, how does that go do those promotions help you out a lot does that
3: yeah the i mean because it was free because i had a free book promotion i uh i didn't get any money from it obviously because it's given away for free but i mean it definitely helps with the downloads and i mean honestly the more people who have it it means the world for me i didn't I didn't become an author to get filthy rich i became <laughs> an, an author to tell stories so I mean and if even like a handful of those people who downloaded it uh write a review that means the world to me because i I look back at those and that means oh you know especially if they're positive it's like oh my god they actually liked my mad ramblings in the pages
0: so before i got in i started getting more familiar with the books and the in the industry as a writer from a writer's perspective how much do
3: reviews matter for you oh it means uh it means the world i mean because I had someone say, "Oh, I bought your book because it was all five stars on Amazon." I was like, "Oh, all right." I didn't even know that. And so it, it, it helps and I've, I know lots of people who bought books because there's been negative reviews like, "Oh, I got to see mm-hmm. I got to see what this is all about." And so they they they're a really good sales tool that you don't have to pay for that your readers give you. And I just it'd be amazing if every reader gave you one, but um, we know that's not the case because people don't have time or People don't feel like they have the they're uh, I guess entitled or to to their opinion or don't feel like their opinion has value mm-hmm. where it absolutely does. If you read the book, you have value in it on it.
2: It would be nice if you got stinking rich stuff as well, though. Would like, it would be okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <people> like them. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't fight it
3: off if I, they, you know, <laughs> Amazon came walking away. Hey, we're gonna make your show with a billion dollar budget. I'm like, oh, okay. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I'll twist my rubber arm.
0: <laughs> <laughs> do uh, do? Are there, is there a difference for you or for uh, between reviews and or actually ratings and reviews? Is there a difference from a star rating and a review?
3: There's not a difference, I think. I mean, I like reviews more because I like reading people's thoughts and saying, oh, yeah, you know, they like that or they didn't like that. That's something I could look at or, you know, that I could build upon in my writing or whatever. But ratings are, you know, just as good. I, I think from a sales point, it doesn't really matter. It's just I la- me personally, I like to read people's thoughts.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, Eddie, Eddie mentioned uh, The Worthy and K Moss. Uh, some books have you read.
1: Now? That's one of the books I've downloaded. I've, I have it, but I haven't read it. The worthy. It's dark fantasy from Motron.
0: There it goes on the list. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. uh So many books. Uh, Permit to related question. Is there a book or series which is so innovative that it was difficult to talk about the uniqueness even when a review conversation format? Too long didn't read the most difficult book to
1: review. Two come to mind, both of them this year, uh, Sons of Darkness by Goro Mohanty. Uh, because again, you know, you, how much do you spoil about the Mahabharata versus how much of what he has done? And the second was the first binding because that book, is so crazy and so good, but you can't talk about it because there's everything is a spoiler in it. But like he does, there's there's a, like there's like multiple timelines because the first thing is that like, the main character. The main character is present in the in the now of the book, but then he's narrating his backstory, and then within the backstory, the characters talk about the legends and myths of the world, and each of them kind of goes on. It's like seven or eight myths which are introduced, but they are all important. So those would be my two. Wow, Paramita, you need to run your, Steve, get her on board and, you know, have her interview authors. I yeah. know, she,
0: kill it. She,
1: she totally kills. Sure. The one that springs to mind
2: for me is uh, Touch of Light. I've been trying to do that review for God knows how long, by <laughs> Tiago Abdallah. Uh, like, I've seen so many reviews, people say, you know, it's, it's about how it deals with, it's not that though. That's not the, those aren't the things that make this book really interesting and different and innovative. I can't quite put It's just that feeling you have when you put a book down and it stays with you for such a long time, and you go, What the hell was it about that that really twisted me? You know, or, or that twisted's the wrong word because it makes it sound like it's really dark in some way. It just there's something about how he writes and plots and delivers his word, it's very different to kind of just about anything else I'd read this year, and that it's really hard to put in the words. Then to say there are all these narrative things going on. There's the story beats, there's the thematic stuff, but it's none of that really. It's something else entirely. And if I could put my name on it, I'd have made the review for it, yeah, it's pretty much the reason I haven't made a video in fifty days. Because uh, keep on thinking, I've got to get this out of the way. It's like I'm my back. I need to review this book, but I just can't. I find it so difficult to do.
0: Yeah, uh, Brady mentions the Ghost City Girl. It was good, but so hard for me to explain why. Yeah. another one uh the dark the darkness that comes before is one for me that it's hard to Mm -hmm. hard to talk about really to give it you know to kind of explain what the hell just happened but uh before we wrap up the time always flies uh but what is everybody uh reading or working on aj what are you working on are you gonna fix that plot hole in book three (laughs) Uh, uh book two sorry
3: Right now, that plot hole is kicking my ass. I think about it every day. I lay awake at night staring at the ceiling. It gives me night terrors. But uh, I'm working on Season of... uh, I'm not going to reveal the title yet, but Season of Kings is a sequel right now. Um, I'm making some headway on that, so that's good. And I'm also reading... uh, I'm reading a graphic novel right now. Uh, It's like The Legend of Vox Machina, so the critical Role's uh, Origins. And then I'm also trying to finish Holly Tinsley's uh, The Hand That cast the Bone.
2: Mm-hmm. I have like
3: 100 pages left. I just need to sit down and power through it. I mean, it's not going to be much of a power through because I love the book. It's just that I'm, I'm always a reader that's like, I don't want to read. And then the minute I sit down, time flies by. I'm there for like yeah. four hours. It's just like getting in the chair with the book yeah. is the biggest thing for me.
1: What about you here? What are you uh, what are you reading? oh um uh, I need I'm finishing PL's uh The Drowned Kingdom um uh, mm. amazing but it's really dark and it's really heavy so I, I, I'm offsetting that then I have two SPFPO books of January uh, I can't reveal them because we purposefully kept them blank that way but there's two finalists which i have to read uh I recently finished a novella from Ilona Andrews which is fun and fantastic so that was really good I need to finish I need to finish writing the review and then I have AJ. I have your book as well. Like you know, like the shift kings. I know you're given it to me, but it just—it's there. I need to finish it. Uh,
3: no worries. I mean, compared to work like PLs, I mean,
1: it's—it doesn't even stack up in my mind. <laughs> that's the always. It's different. It's different. Like you know, the grimdark is like. All, uh, I like grim, the darker stuff. So, any, when somebody does because like, you your book is from the focus of three characters only, so that's really nice because then mm-hmm. it's like you know you get snippets of their world, and other key is finding out how and when they'll intersect. So. Mm-hmm. eventually i'll finish I'll hopefully the new year uh or at least in the first half of 2023 i'm gonna pl- I plan to review it. but deals is the main big one
3: yeah that's the thing like i don't know about like other authors or anything like that but as soon as i read someone else's book it's like <laughs> man i suck i should just quit <laughs> and then but you know somehow i swallow my pride and i'm gonna keep churning out books for better or for worse no that's good though yeah Shad uh, had a comment that would make uh, me here happy.
0: I just finished David Eshrew's book, and I'm currently reading. Yay! It. Wandering in book two.
1: Oh wow! Okay. The Wandering. Oh, yeah, Chris. In. Oh, what? <laughs> no, I was gonna say that's that's like a that's that's something. I don't know if you all heard about it. Do you know about it? The Wandering In. No. It's like this serial which became so popular. Now it's like. It's it's by the author is unknown pirate Abba or something like that. But it's going on, and it's like it's literally about like a person from our world goes to a fantasy world and sets up an inn, and that's all the story is about.
0: Hmm. Hmm.
2: Interesting. Uh-huh. What are you, Chris? What are you reading? So I'm doing three at the moment, which is not like me. So we have two pretty big, big book reads coming up. So we're doing the Eleventh Cycle by Kane Ardland at the moment, which is. It's pretty great. I have to say, it is pretty great. It's like not even written in a style that I would normally say that I particularly like. But there's just so much happens in that book, and it goes places that I just go, and "I wow!" And then reading Game of Thrones, uh, which is a reread for me, which is not so bad. It's kind of like. When the 11th cycle gets too much, of go, I'll read a bit of Game of Thrones for a bit of lightness because at least I know what's going to happen in here. And, uh... <laughs> <laughs> reading Game of Thrones for lightness, that's funny. For lightness, <laughs> uh, it's just one of those things, I just know what's going to happen, that's okay. Uh, and the other one I'm reading, actually I'm doing an audio, uh, is Deandre's Dream of, Le- of Electric Sheep by Philip K. Dick. Ooh. Okay. Oh my good God. How brilliant is that book? Oh, I just, it's the opposite of heavy in the other side of uh, of the coin because you read a chapter and you just go, "There's just so many, so many thematic ideas in here." Like it's not a big book, it's the, but the the chapters are just full of stuff, and you just go, "Your brain's just swimming." After it's going, the genius of what's went into this chapter is unbelievable. How this one little thing that he mentions actually permeates and what that would mean for society and all of that kind of stuff for the line. That kind of classic sci-fi, I. sometimes forget how utterly amazing it is in terms of like they wrote this stuff 70 years ago 60 years ago whatever and it's like so relevant and so on the money and just amazing just really amazing stuff uh i'm reading
0: the judge and i we're going four chapters a week for that one so four more chapters this coming week finish that off and then i'm reading brother red i think we you're going to join us for that one right yep
1: Adrian Selby.
0: Adrian Salby. He, um, his action scenes, especially, are very well done. But about halfway through that one, so have it Wednesday to Wednesday get that that one. Close of time. Yeah. Plenty of time. <laughs> yeah. It's tough. It's tough to keep.
3: It's there's so many
0: books you want to read. It's hard to hard to yeah keep for out. sure.
3: I so, just uh, I know I'm gonna die with a giant TBR. So maybe they'll just bury me with my books. Yeah. <laughs> just throw a bunch of books
1: in the coffin and just throw me in the ground. What a way to go, though, AJ. That's, yeah. that's, that's the <laughs> yeah. way to do it. Like the, the Egyptian dream. pharaohs, you know, they would die. When they would die, they would be in with all their t- treasures. It's like, you know, it's perfect, you know? Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, to get in with the books which you love. Plus, it
2: also solves the problem that I'm worried about when I die, is that somebody will come after, you know, I'm in the ground, and they mourning, and all that stuff's happening. Go, what are we going to do with all this shit? <laughs>
0: <laughs> just put it in there with him. they yeah, will
2: get rid
1: of it. Oh, you may yeah. as well just put it in, indeed. Yeah. So-
0: so uh, before we hit sign off, Mihir, uh, where's the best place for people to
1: find you? That would be on the blog, fantasybookcritic.blogspot. Uh, I also handle Fantasy Book Critics' Twitter feed. So it's at Fantasy Book Critic. And we are also found on Instagram recently when Instagram decided to not shadow ban us. So <laughs> at Fantasy Book Critic as well. Um, you, can, uh, you can message us everywhere. You can email us and we will hopefully respond back to you as soon as possible.
2: Nice. Uh, Chris, where can people find you? So, sort of on my YouTube channel, there's something coming, I swear, uh, at my name, uh, on Twitter, at 7 O'Clock Shadow, and also on the page June forums, which have been lighting up, I think, particularly mm-hmm. in, in the past couple mm-hmm. of weeks, etc. There's been a lot of activity on there, and a lot of really great conversations, so I encourage you all to join in. Mm-hmm. Yes. Good to hear.
0: Spending more time there and less time on Twitter, so. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, for yeah. sure. And AJ, what about you? Where can people find your books? You can go buy them and write reviews. Uh, You can find them on Amazon. Uh, That's basically where everyone gets their books now. I mean, they are supposedly in stores through their expanded distribution program. So if you go to your local bookstore, they might be there or they should be able to be ordered in if they're not there. Uh, You can get in contact with me on Twitter or by my website. Uh, Twitter handle is Aretiker22, same as my last name. And then my website is just www.ajretiker.com.
0: So I think that uh, your link tree is in the description.
3: Ah, nice. Yeah. The link tree that I've never updated since I first became an author. Oh no. <laughs> That's bad. No, you no, no, like, no you told me. Yeah. There's there's nothing. I gotta I gotta get on it because there's not a link on there to Season of Kings and it's been out for like six months. I'm like Oof. Oh no. Like yeah, be sure to change that because
0: uh, Twitter might might ban you for posting it now. So oh shit. Sure. Yeah. I,
1: I think that it works that policy, but thankfully I think so.
0: Yeah, it, it's uh, been kind cool.
1: of nerdy there. Yeah, yeah, completely. And AJ, I found the author series—the one I was telling you about, the audacious so one. I'll DM you. I'll DM you or message you on Twitter about it.
3: Nice, thank you.
1: Yeah.
0: So, hope everyone has a great holiday. Thank you for coming mm-hmm. by to hang out with us. We weren't sure how many people would come by because you know it's busy and everyone has things to do. So, thanks everyone for uh, hanging out, and uh, hope everyone has a great holiday, whatever you celebrate. And if you don't celebrate, then hope you have a good weekend. We'll see everyone uh next week. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Stay Bye. safe. be warm. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Stay warm. <laughs>